Hello there, friends. It's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Atachira Podcast Season 4, Ground Zero. And hey, I just want to take a little bit of a moment at the start of this episode to thank all of our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast if you want to support the Atachira Podcast and get access to over 50 episodes of the SmackDown Crawl, over 30 Q&A episodes, a whole shed load of video episodes, as well as things like the Bibliotech, Cardsmanship, another one-off series you can get access to all this and much more for as little as five dollars a month over at patreon.com forward slash ae podcast and hey if you're a backer good news a new episode of the smackdown crawl which features the debut of william regal and the return of stone cold steve austin that's available to listen to now we're had so much fun recording this if you're interested in getting yourself access to a whole load of audio and video goodies as well as help the show get made then head over to patreon.com slash ae podcast and as well available now teespring.com slash ae podcast get yourself one of the stylish attitude era podcast t-shirts they ship worldwide and they're available in a variety of styles and colors but that's enough out of me let's get settled in it's time for some ground zero Era podcast season four continues and we're prequeling the absolute bejesus out of us in the year 1997 it's time for some grand zero not wrongly like i said it would be previously but now when it should have been instead hello once again it's me your old pal cowboy kevin joined as i'm always by another one of these podcasters Ugh. Adam <laughs> Bibolo. Hello. Um, you got my surname right though, at least. That's, what, that's Adam Biblio. Biblio. He can't get his name right. <laughs> um, so, what is with this disgusting, despicable lack of respect that we completely forgot to talk about before? A little while ago, I appeared on a podcast called "What's Your Favorite." Lovely podcast. Yeah, Lovely we've podcast. all been on it. We've all been on. Check out our episodes. Yeah, and this podcast is on the same network as Conan's podcast. Oh, and is it now that he's NWO Wolfpack in shirt? <laughs> Your man, Adam nervous. Hollywood Bibolo over there, would you look at him now? <laughs> so, because they're on the same network, Conan had to do a little plug for What's Your Favourite at the end of his show. And he was like, oh, and coming up this week uh, on What's Your Favourite, Jamie sits down with uh, Adam Biblio, Bibolo, and they all just start having proper, like, like pigs proper. <laughs> so, basically, in case you forgot what I was like to be like bullied in school, that was just like a little bit of a... Straight away, baby, straight yeah. A reminder there that my biggest claim to fame in the online wrestling world was just a bit of old school bullying regarding your <laughs> yeah. surname there. Like. Uh, how about that? Like the, the, the worm is turned. We always thought Taz would be coming to get us. Yeah, we've always been yeah. waiting for Taz and to come knocking. That's like. what they say. You, you wait for Taz all day, and then Conan comes and gets you. The only thing is, I can sort of take solace in is that I haven't a fucking clue who Conan yeah. is. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck he is. Um, Adam, he only wrestled for a little outfit called the W. W-A. <laughs> so me and my friend Andrew McManus and the Hells Angels have a few things to say. And to my right, unquestionably... Ugh. 
Another one of these podcasts <laughs> on the planet, Billy Kibo. Hello. How you doing, Billy? I'm doing well. Yeah. What's uh, what's uh, what's in store for us today? Are you excited to talk about Ground Zero? Eh, kinda. Yeah. It's kind of just one of those shows, I think. Isn't it? Yeah. Now you did your appearance on What's Your Favorite not long after me. Did yeah. Conan mention it on I, this show? I never bothered to look because I don't. It's a know. lot of listening. Could, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of listening just for the, the sense of somebody I don't know might <laughs> say my name. <laughs> I, I'm I'm all right on that. Coming I know, this but... week is Billy Kiabel. <laughs> <laughs> I made that sound like you searched yourself, but someone actually sent it you who listened to it. It was like it was a proper cold chill down my spine. Yeah. Where someone said like, "Oh, Conan buried you on his podcast." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> and, and, and here I am, here, fucking uh, Paul Heyman and ECW. Here, wondering how come I didn't get any promotion. Like, yeah, you legit. know, they could have butchered the shit out of my name. It's not even real. Like, yeah, come yeah, on, Conan. He knows if you're coming for the king, you best not miss. Like, <laughs> he didn't feel up to the task of taking you on, Kevin. So today we're talking about Grand Zero. It is one of the in your house shows, and it's a show which comes after Stone Cold Steve Austin is still hanging around despite having a very very sore neck indeed and Shawn Michaels has taken out an insurance policy it's time for Grand Zero he was once one of the most respected superstars in World Wrestling Federation history the boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels But Sean's disastrous mistake at SummerSlam changed everything. Good God! Good God! I can't believe this. A phenomenal champion was robbed. The finger of blame pointed squarely at Sean. Gotta take out Rob. Shawn Michaels is a piece of crap. It was a travesty of justice. I think Shawn Michaels is a traitor. I think he did it on purpose. If a true test of a man's soul comes in times of adversity, what can be said of Michaels? Either you're with me or you're against me. Take your pick. Shawn Michaels, you're going to have to look me in the eyes and you're going to have to pay for your crimes. Rather than face the consequences of his actions, Shawn Michaels can the flame. He is going down in a blaze of fire! In a fleeting moment, Sean had one last chance to change his destiny. Then he made his choice. I will go ahead and take whatever is coming to me. I condemn you to an eternity of hell. Tonight, one of the most volatile conflicts in WWF history is set to explode. For the first time ever, The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels will face each other one-on-one. And you're standing on ground zero. I will say it right now. I mean, we've had a lovely video package there. Great, all settled in. I really went into this pay-per-view thinking it was two hours. Yeah, so did yeah. We were yeah. talking on our, on our WhatsApp oh. group saying, oh, it's going to be so good, two hours long. Mm-hmm. We did this and not another Tough Enough. Yeah. Because yeah. we thought, well, it's another of the nice two hour. <laughs> or sorry, looking back, Revenge of the Taker, one hour, 46. Oh, yeah. baby. Excuse me. This is longer than WrestleMania. Yep. Yeah. What the f- It's longer than SummerSlam. Yep. My, my heart dropped as soon as I hovered over it. And then shortly after, Vince McMahon saying, "Welcome to the one of the first three hours." Oh no! Mm. 
And you know why they're doing it? It's because WCW are doing it. Like, yep. You know, it's this absolute deluge of content. Like, it's just, oh, it was so much nicer. We didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. I mean, I know how good we have it because now I, I do pay-per-view reviews on how to wrestling where I'm really happy when the pay-per-view is only four and a half hours yeah. long. Legit, we watched Royal Rumble together recently and it was like half four in the morning. We were like, Hey! Hey! I'm course. not ready for bed yet. Yeah. The Don Course is only starting, like <laughs> you know. The, the milkman hasn't even come yet. Adam, before we delve into this slightly longer than normal in your house pay per view, we're gonna be in your house just slightly longer than normal. I'm sorry. Let's uh, look at one of these slightly longer than normal magazine covers. Yeah, we haven't got a raw magazine cover this month because they do two month coverages for that. So we've already had that sorted last time. It's basically, Adam, if there was two raw magazines in a month that. It would be too jazzies, yeah. too sexy, too raw, too edgy. Well, we'll wait and see, because maybe WCW will start doing Nitro magazine every month, in which yeah. case then WWF will be like, oh, no, you don't. Hang about. Our magazine's three times the size of yours. We're releasing like. a book every <laughs> single week. <laughs> so we got here, Dude Love, and it says, oh, have mercy. Well, can, Billy, can you read the, 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 the sub-headline there? So the hippest cat in the land, Dude Love struts into the Federation. There's a lot of capitalization going on there. Yeah, and we also get at the very top here, the rise and fall of Shawn Michaels. He's not really fallen yet. Not yet, no. Little do they know. Oh, like... bless them. They think he's fallen. Yeah. Oh. There's so much more. <laughs> Remember when he lost his small man. It get, that was the darkest day. But it gets the light is darkest before the dawn, right, guys? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> so... Remember when he didn't want to wrestle Vader? Man, it got really tense. That's as bad as it gets, right? <laughs> so we have a dank, vibey synth. And I'm going I'm to class this now. This music that we get in all of the 90s pay-per-views, the late 90s pay-per-views, uh, the genre is dark guitar. Yeah, dark side <laughs> guitar. I got big PS1 demo disc vibes from <laughs> yeah. this, like, while you're waiting to choose. I, I, I sort of, it's a, it's a bit bootleg John Carpenter soundtrack. Mm. Yes, definitely. Like if the Asylum ripped off, like, some John <laughs> Carpenter movies, this is what we'd be getting. I will say, I think every In Your House that we've done, I've absolutely raved about all, like, the music for them. Because I loved, like, the early, you know, mm. season one out of like King of the Ring and something like that. There were some really, really great little yeah. little ditties. But none of these are available online by and large. Like they're really not out there and they're fucking they're popping, man. So people aren't hearing this now while we're talking about it then. Probably like. not. They're just hearing some silver vision music or some such. Or you could just very badly put underneath it like we're all chatting here underneath it's like Sean Michaels has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> you could just do the, 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 the standard like fill in song and just use David Flair's theme. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guess what? You've done it now! <laughs> <laughs> so, the fans are not really on board with the nuance of this storyline where it was like, Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. He was spat in the face by Bret Hart. The real emotion overtook him. And in a conflicted moment, he swung and accidentally hit the Undertaker. Not what is is that Shawn Michaels betrayed us all? <laughs> he turned his back on the fans. You bastard, Shawn Michaels! Like it's just—is it so hard to just say Shawn Michaels made a mistake, but then decided to just double down? <laughs> I like, mean, yeah. that, that's that's a, that's the story in of itself. We don't need all that extra stuff on the side. I mean, what do people think to Shawn Michaels with a bit of the edge to him now, as opposed to Shawn Michaels expecting to be your best mate? Like, I like it. Yeah, I much prefer. It. I think he's so inherently hateable that this yes. just makes more sense. I've always felt he's a little bit sinister. Anyway, there's a, yeah. I've always got a sinister vibe off Sean yeah he's leaning into it like yeah. he feels a lot more like himself than the Shawn Michaels who had sweat rolling down him saying he might be able to wrestle the king of the ring like, yeah. you know this is real Shawn Michaels and I do like that they're playing off the whole thing that Sean is 
acting like this because of the amount of adversity that he's up against. Like, mm. Kind of like with Brett as well, where Brett turned heel. I don't think people really talk about this, the fact that Brett and Sean, who were meant to be these like total polar opposites, have both went through the fan pressure heel yeah, turn. Yep. Quite pretty much back to back, like yeah, both guys didn't do anything wrong. Like Sean, at this point in time, he's not really done anything wrong. His attitude's a little stinky right now, but his attitude's only stinky because the fans have turned on him in the first place. Yeah. Like it's very similar to Brett's story. I love like Vince McMahon narrating it, gives it the personal touch, like because he's obviously worried about Shawn Michaels in real life, and like lines like the true test of a man's soul in times of adversity. Like, oh, Sean's <laughs> soul's gonna be tested so much. But if you're Bret Hart, you're going to be pissed off, right? Because this is edgy, this is new, this is exciting, and Bret just still hates America. Yeah, uh, that's all he's got. I don't know. Did you see, Billy, the amount of times they showed the unprotected chair shots of yes. The Undertaker from Raw? <sighs> and did you see the very obvious blade shot of The Undertaker? Yeah. Like, literally, bam. He properly, it was like a mass transit one man job like that. Yeah. Was un- it was ridiculous yeah. how much he could. But I guess they're really trying to put over Shawn Michaels because he has just been hitting Taker with chairs pretty much non stop. Constantly. It's a story that just writes itself, isn't it? Just hitting Taker with a chair. <laughs> yeah. This is only the first time these two are squaring off later tonight. So, I mean, it is amazing they've managed to hold back in the dark I, f- ages. I found that so hard to believe when they said it. Mm. All in 95 yeah. and 96 with neither of these lads touching each other like how the restraint is actually incredible yeah when business was down like when things were tough you really would have thought they would have gone to the undertaker and Shawn michaels to like you know pop the numbers a little bit like. it's just like how triple h never faced the undertaker until their second wrestlemania <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean 2001 it really felt like it was right but it just didn't happen <laughs> if you recall correctly so we have a bit of an issue with this which is that we had a massive big storyline development at the three weeks or thereabouts before this pay-per-view where Rick Rude joined up as the insurance policy. What is the relationship with Triple H? Let's find out for two weeks of back-to-back coverage from the Westminster Dog Show. Mm. The last two weeks there's been no Raw. Can't find it on the network either. The the Raw didn't happen because it was preempted by the Dog Show. So they did instead Friday night main event, which is impossible possible to find anywhere like. it's meant to be really shit yeah <laughs> like, like about these reports from like the people who went there thinking they're going to raw it's like haha surprise it's a seven hour triple taping Ooh. enjoy vader and the patriot <laughs> every match will have a dq finish yay <laughs> but we won't advance the story too much now no. so <laughs> triple h and Shawn michaels billy did you understand the relationship between these two blonde men Oh, they're just they're just good mates. No. <laughs> they've always been mates. So just yeah. There's mates. nothing to understand. They've they've always been mates. Always and rubbing each other in the chest a little bit. Yeah. They're close. They're friends. It is literally like no no explanation whatsoever. No. They're just doing it together now. And Triple H is still technically Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like he's yep. not Triple H and yeah. he's still coming out to Ode to Joy. Mm-hmm. China's still there. Mm. It's odd, isn't it? Like it's really odd. And it totally, to me, reeks... And there's been hints of this in The Observer as well. It reeks of, like, this isn't what The Office wanted, but it's definitely what Sean wanted. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we do get some storyline development with Sean when he's on commentary on the lines of, like, I'm a bad guy now, apparently, McMahon. <laughs> like, hey, Paul Levesque, my real-life friend, let's talk about how we're going to actually carpool after tonight's show. Right? <laughs> it, it doesn't quite make sense, though, with, with the character of... Hunter Hearst Hemsley no. No. of having mates. Yeah, like and he's what, a, a he, sexy he, boy toy as well. Yeah, he thinks he's better than everyone. Like, so it, it doesn't make sense that he's going to become the lackey 
of someone else. I can understand Triple H hanging out with Rick Rude, the insurance yes. salesman. They're both about wealth and money and everything. Yeah. But Shawn Michaels, where does he factor into yeah. this? Like... There was never a moment where Shawn was like, I need help now. It's just no. like Shawn already had it arranged. But we're not here at DX yet. No. This has not been called that nope. or anything of the, of the sort. It's not named in any way. They don't really talk about it being a faction. They just talk about like, here's Shawn Michaels and here's Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like... They've done a lot of shit like, adjacent to each other but not as a team no. like they haven't went out for Hernando's yet or anything like that I'll tell you what I love I love three announcers stood to camera introducing a show yeah. like you know I'd ever really want to do a video podcast but if we did have the option for the three of us just have a video of us turning on we're going to talk about this we'll make a reference to Shed Moo and Billy's going to talk about shapes later on <laughs> you know, in tuxedos of in course. tuxedos yes, very classy and very silly hats as well <laughs> uh, Jim Ross who really is jazzing us up here tonight folks because uh, we're in bluegrass country and the thoroughbreds are going to be running through bluegrass country here tonight folks uh, he's referring to the gang warfare triple threat match Thoroughbreds. A thoroughbred crush is not on board. <laughs> yes. That is absolutely not like... Vince also tells us we're going to see the Mighty Minis in action. Yes. How did that make you react? I, I've literally written down, as you can see, oh no. Oh no! <laughs> That's a hard capitalization there, yes. Chad. And I can't blame you because literally every time they've involved anyone of like a smaller size in wrestling, from everything we've covered on the podcast mm. so far... It's almost always literally like, my opponent this Sunday, here he is, small version of them. Now I'm going to kick the crap out of them for 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, like. Also, as well, sometimes they are deities from another galaxy who have just come to talk to Steve Blackman and Al yeah. That was a man on his knees. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was wait, yeah, that us. was. That or, was. Or they'll have um, them do Little People's Court and take Shawn Michaels to it. Oh, yeah, like that's they did in 2000 and... We didn't do that for the podcast, so it never happened. Yeah, God. Like, that's a stupid time in wrestling, isn't it? Isn't like, it? I mean, it is interesting to know that like the Attitude Era ha like circumvented the use of little people in wrestling, even though you would have thought that what they were going for and they were trying to make it unpredictable and salacious. Mm. And you know, Jerry Springer would often use like little people because yeah. they would use it like as a shock value, you know. And, I, and I'm actually surprised outside like some of the stuff with the oddities in the Howard Stern group, there was nothing really that much in the Attitude Era, was there? Not, I mean. I mean, did you guys, did you remember the uh, the, the junior division in uh, 2004, Billy, with like Super Porky and them? Did what? You... No, I don't. Because they brought it back in like 2004 or 5 times. As a time. division? As a division, like, okay. yeah. But they never really pushed it seriously. Shit, don't call it the junior division. That just makes me think there's a bunch of boys fighting. I know, yeah. junior sounds crap. Mini isn't is not no, 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 like. No, no, no. Still, still pretty shit, like. Yeah, I mean, the way they announced it here, though, they weren't like kind of, you know, like WrestleMania 3 or whatever. It's like King Combo. Bundy's going to be in the ring with some little people. What yeah. can you believe what's going to happen? But they were just like promoting it like it was another thing. It's that a new division. Like. Yeah, it's something you're going to enjoy on the show. Something else you enjoy on the show is the, and I quote, Red Hot Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> because Dale Willis future so bright. I forgot to bring my sunglasses. I'm sorry. I can no longer wear my shades. Um, if I could um, arrange to have someone to lend me them. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't do it right, Vince. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, Dale Wilkes. May it's his big crowning yeah. show. This is like his fucking entrance to the main event tonight, guys. To, to quote Bret Hart, don't bet on it. <laughs> 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 Bret Hart, who I will say right off the bat, 
will disagree with the red hot moniker for the Patriot here, mm. who dedicated less than a sentence in his book to writing off this entire feud. Fuck me. Oh. Less than a sentence. I know. Then I faced the Patriot. Some feud that was. <laughs> what, what an absolute joke. <laughs> Bless him. And of course. Starting things out here tonight. Oh boy. You you say it's not the Aishu era? Says us from the past. Well, god damn it, how come we've got an indecent proposal match? As Goldust and Brian Pillman, their emotions are going to lock horns in one of the most awkward angles we've ever seen on this show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. There's always a big part of me around you all the time because you know your little daughter, Dakota? She's mine! She's my love child! She's mine! It was so good! Goldust thought the feud was over. For Dustin Runnels, it's no longer about sport. Pillman's challenge and Marlena's acceptance literally threatens everything he lives for. It did bother me. To a man, he must face the unthinkable and quite possibly sacrifice the most cherished thing in his life. The hell with that. I mean, this is my life. This is this is my wife. I love her to death, and that's not gonna that's not gonna ever change, and that's not gonna stop. There's not a man on the face of this earth that's gonna stop me from loving her and taking care of my family. That's a fact and a promise. Increasing the burden, this is not just about man and wife. It's about their three-year-old daughter, who may be separated from her mother. That precious little innocent child to go through those to be feelings that we did. Parent, you know, it's... It was hard. In the deranged world of Brian Pillman, the stakes are just as high. I'll tell you what. You promise to give me one more match. And if you beat me, I'll leave the WWF forever. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Forever? Don't do it. You're talking about forever, right? I know. Forever. Long time. If Pillman is victorious at ground zero, can one imagine the horror that will develop over 30 days? The innocence of a marriage lost, a mother and child separated, and the deranged antics of a madman about to spin wildly out of control. Dakota's not your daughter! She's my love child! <laughs> I really thought you were going to say, Dakota's not your daughter! I am! <laughs> <laughs> I'm your poppy, Dakota! <laughs> now, instead of just putting Dakota in a briefcase yeah. above the ring, like normal people would in 2005... Tight settle it. Oh, this is all sorts of fucked up. Billy, what do you know about the actual relationship between the, the people involved here? Pillman mm -hmm. and Terry and Skullduss? Nothing. Nothing? I, I know that, obviously, Dustin and Terry are, are together, and they have kids together. That's, that's the extent 
of my knowledge about there. Adam, do you uh, have any clues as to the real-life love triangle-ish that we have going on here? Terry and Pillman used to date back in WCW. In, in real. In real. In real. Okay. IRL. And you just know for a fact Vince must have found that information out and thought, oh, ho, 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 okay, mm. off to the races we go. Like, what is the best use of an actual relationship in wrestling like ever like where they where vince has done this because he does this all the time yeah you're going out you're going out we're, we're getting an angle going here has it ever actually given a really satisfying little vibe to it where you kind of go you know what i'm glad that we use their personal Ooh. relationship mm. because otherwise baron corbin and lacey evans wouldn't have had <laughs> yeah. a proper team to go against i mean they've done it twice with rusev and lana i know yeah. done it twice with them a different voice now mate though isn't it? Yeah. Like, so, you know, <laughs> and next time different hats so i i can't think of a i mean no. randy and randy savage and elizabeth yeah when they reunited at wrestlemania yeah. i mean Cena and Nikki before that all went wrong. Oh, that, yeah. at, at the time, that was at, magic. At, that was at sweet, the time, yeah. Cena and that Nikki. That was lovely. Yeah, it was. I think, but that was more like wrestling fitting their relationship as opposed to yeah. a relationship being fit into wrestling. Mm. And a big match, John, and bigger match, Nikki, don't get told what to do. But this yeah. shit here, you're, you're Pillman, you're crying out for a feud or something to do where you can actually get your teeth into it. And this is ideal. It's, it's full of gaga shit where they could do silly, you know, make believe because. Well, the, the whole vibe before this is that Pilbin has been wrestling in a dress, which is the wackiest thing in the world. Move over, Vito. Brian <laughs> Pilbin's got your dress. Sorry, it's not wacky, Kevin. I'm oh, sorry. It's extreme. Like, for every week on Raw, basically, you remember at SummerSlam, yeah. Pilbin lost his match, and that meant he has to wrestle in a dress now. Yeah. Well, on Raw, Sergeant Slaughter, who, by the way, is our new commissioner now, yeah. he came out and he said that Pilbin has to wear a dress every week until he wins a match. And wouldn't you know, Pillman kept losing. He lost to fucking Bob Holly one week. I know, sparky <laughs> plug, baby. So Pillman continually has to come out wearing a dress week after week. And every time, JR's on commentary like, Mag, you know, folks, I know we're pushing the envelope these days, but you got to think we're going a bit too far He's basically now, acting like, like they've given Pillman like a loaded gun. Like, yeah. like yeah. send him out to the ring and he has to wrestle Bob Holly. They're making <laughs> out like they are asking for trouble by pushing yeah. this man to the edge. Yeah. It's really, like, JR seems shook by this idea. It's just crazy, like, what they think is extreme and just knowing what the company is going to do over the next 20 years. Like, a man wearing a dress is fuck all. I mean, like, there's so many dresses that were thrown around around this period. Perry Saturn's wearing a dress within six months. Mm -hmm. Or to call Bubbery Dudley, now Perry Saturn's wearing a fucking dress. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I always thought, like, people wrestling in dresses was, like, was totally fine. Like, Raven used it as a gimmick. Yeah. yeah. You got people in the, the wild cards in NWA doing Mosh and Thrasher are actively wearing dresses yeah. and they're fine. V.O. wore many a frock and yeah. was never yeah. even remarkable. Only perturbed. And the Highlanders and the kilts. Ah, that's true. You know, <laughs> that's the same I'll, thing. I'll, I'll be remiss to call it a kilt because I don't want to. I don't want to call it a dress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, according to Pillman's biography DVD, he actually loved wrestling in a dress. He thought it was a great gimmick. He thought it was really cool. It made him different. It stood out. It's and it's, 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 it's you get a nice breeze on your nevers as well. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think he wore pants. Really. But like as well, he, he gets to do something different because Pillman's just been like crazy laughy guy doing it on prayer mostly. But now mm. he's getting to be like screaming at people and like you know really like he's getting to sell without actually being physical yes. you yeah. know what I mean like all the performance of Brian Pillman is now centered around the fact that he's wearing his dress 
which does not really explain why he's not going to be wearing it in this match. Like, I thought that was going to be a part of it. I'm pretty sure the stipulation was he has to wear it on Raw and uh, pay you don't count. So he was probably relieved by Friday night's main event because it's like, finally, this ain't a Raw, baby. I, I am glad he's not wearing the dress, though, tonight because I love the T-shirt he's wearing. Oh, oh it's, it's a I want that melty face T-shirt. It's so good. <laughs> Honestly, when I think of Brian Pillman, I think of him in that T-shirt. That That's mm. like this, the image of Brian Pillman that I saw that as a kid and just was like immediately enraptured. Like, he was one of those people who I seen and was interested in and like for years wanted to know more about him just because like no one's looking like this not even yeah. ECW with the fucking land of the black t-shirt like yeah. <laughs> is anyone wearing this type of a thing also in the build for this Billy we had a very significant thing which I always thought was a fan theory or a speculation or something but this is very much confirmed to me now we had on Raw, it was the first week where Brian had to wear the dress and he yeah. spent all episode being like, I'm not going to wear that dress, like umming and ahhing about it. And then we're in the live arena and on the Titantron it goes like and fades out and a black and white CCTV footage comes on of Brian's locker room where he's putting on the dress. That sounds like GTV to yeah. me, TV. And literally Goldust takes credit for it. It's like, oh yeah, Goldust put that camera in the locker room. He calls like, it his little golden handy camera or whatever. Yeah. Little goldie camera That whatever. is literally the start of GTV. Yeah. And that is them literally saying, yeah, Goldust came up okay. with this. Like, I don't like for this though that they basically have sidestepped all the dress stuff because like, they're doing this promo where it's like, Pillman is deranged. He's dangerous. And there's all these like shots of him just chest up and you're not seeing... <laughs> the dress like because they don't want to show him in a dress because obviously that's too crazy or too silly and I thought they could have gotten away with it Pillman a dress was fine he's too like Hank Hill did when he was saving uh, Bill when he went mm. sad and wore a dress and Brecker come and go that's right it's this kind of party you know <laughs> I would love it if the Heart Foundation okay, wore dresses in solidarity yeah. okay so who would the Heart Foundation be like, so let's, let's cast him as King oh Hill. Brett Brett is Hank Hill like, yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, sure. and also Brett when wearing a dress would wear his tights but, and knee would boots would Nightheart be Bill Nightheart, he, oh, see, Nightheart's a bit, you can't really understand him, so he's boom kind Howard. of boom yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Like, Damn! You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Bulldog could be Bill, to be fair. Bill fairness, Dog. Bulldog. But like, then that would make uh, um, Owen Dale. No, I mean, D Pillman is Dale. Like, you know, Pillman is definitely <laughs> Owen Dale. can be Ladybird. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Owen's Bobby, like, because he's young. Yes! He looks okay, up to him, like, you know? <laughs> So Dustin has a big emotional promo for this. This is this is everything to me, Jr. This is my life. This is my wife. For fuck's sake! Oh shit! No, sorry, I got that wrong. That was um, this is my life. <laughs> this is my wife. Is what he says. He's good. This young Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of mm. it actually. You know, I mean, it was some it was a bit awkward at the start, but he's doing this shit justice. This has no right to be as over as it is. The fans are fucking yeah. well up for this. It's it's interesting to see as well that like Dustin's so good here, but in six months' time when he's like got like the Christian gimmick mm. he's like shit yeah <laughs> he can't deliver a promo as himself I feel but he like can here he's able to buy into this yeah. the reality of it more than he has to go out and fucking preach to people like, I know he is actually a born again Christian right yes. but like even so I don't think he his heart wasn't in that like it no. is in no this. and I don't I don't think that was like just kind of it was him this feels like this. Is, I mean for better or for worse this is what he's going through in his head at the moment you know do you feel like this is only so over because it's like the first of these kind of Jerry Springer angles they're going with, it's unlike like, anything we've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're we're well over halfway now in the journey, like, and mm. I've not seen anything. So so far, the storylines have been: I want that title. I don't want you to have that title. Or that's, I hate your country. Yeah, I love my country. I mean, like. the, the one with the, the gimmick where he had to wear a dress—that's probably the closest thing to it. And mm. the gimmick of this one, which is he gets Marlena services for thirty days if he wins, but if Goldus wins, 
Pillman is gone. Mm. Now, the next pay-per-view is Bad Blood, and that's obviously notable with, with Pillman, because Pillman passes away at the right at the start of the day mm-hmm. of that pay-per-view. So, that's obviously a hole in the kettle of fish, but I would say the fact that it's just one of those unfortunate incidents, no more than every other Chris Benoit match, yeah. where we have a stipulation here now that means there is lengthy chat and commentary where Vince McMahon is like, well, ladies and gentlemen, next month, Brian Pillman may be gone. Yeah. Or he yeah. will not be here anymore. You will never see him again. It's like they're over and over. Never see him yeah. again. And it really got to me. Yeah. Super unfortunate. You know, I mean, Bad Blood was uncomfortable for its own reason, I guess. But like, I was a bit uncomfortable at the start of this. Mm. Like, be gone forever. That was just... And like, there were long shots on him. It was sad. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Especially because, I'm going to go ahead and say this preemptively, I think this is the best Pillman match we've had so absolutely, far yeah. in this season. You've been watching the Raws as well. Like, yeah, you know. and it's like you say, it's because this angle is so gaga and so like soap operish and stupid, he doesn't need to be doing athletic stuff or wrestling. No. You can get away with loads of gimmicks here and have it still be entertaining. Vince McMahon, with the most sensitive commentary of the millennium, this might be like another car accident for Brian Pillman tonight, quite frankly. Perhaps uh, another ankle fusion for Brian Pillman. For oh. sake. Perhaps like another car accident. He like nearly died. Yeah. yeah. That's you don't do that now. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you do. This is Vince McMahon. Like Austin broke his neck, and it's like, oh, let's make some T-shirts for Owen Hart. I'll like, tell you what, Vince McMahon is actually quite salty on commentary, isn't he? Like, yeah. You know, he says a lot of fucking nasty well, shit. Well, we've only got two more months of it, then he's gone. Oh, At all? Yeah. God. Bad, bad blood is the last time that he's going to yes, commentate. Survivor Series. Yeah. He's into the storylines then. Yeah. Wow, so, you're right. Holy fuck. First Princess Diana, now Vince McMahon. Yeah. Like, all the big names are dropping off. Like. I mean, we should have mentioned as well, it's something that we've pointed out a number of times, but, you know, a lot of the stuff from 97 has been kind of remembered quite wrong by the kind of the, the, the combined history of, of WWE, it seems. Because, yeah. you know, Bret Hart, the double turret at WrestleMania 13, that's total bullshit. Yeah. Vince McMahon has been referred to as the owner of the company yep. constantly yeah, on again television. And again. He is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is definitely the owner. Like... They might not say explicitly Vince McMahon, the owner of World Wrestling Federation, but you'll have wrestlers in the ring being like, and the boss man, you, yeah. Vince McMahon, pointing at a camera on oh. Vince, like, oh, hello. Like, it's so obvious at this yeah. point. There was a horrible, horrible looking spot, which I spent ages trying to figure out its call, where like, I call it the hanging balls spot, but it's not called that, is it, when your willy gets put on the ropes? Oh, when he gets dicked on the top rope there. <laughs> like, dicked! <laughs> this is where Pillman lands on the top rope and he gets his bollocks hurt, right? Oh, come on, that's three. It's going to go later. Get absolutely dicked. Come on. <laughs> Crotched, I think, is the actual term, Crushed. right? Crotched. Yeah. Um, Jerry says that Marlena has been on more laps than a napkin and as soon as he said that my PS4 crashed (laughs) (laughs) Marlena's been on more laps than a napkin my PlayStation's gone a fatal error has (laughs) literally (laughs) turned off the network turned off the PlayStation literally as soon as he delivered that line hard crash it's so funny (laughs) so I was writing here because I was watching this with you Adam I was like oh Pillman here he's wrestling do the gag guy, a lot sma- safer, mm-hmm. a lot smarter, and then he takes a suplex on the ramp. He's still doing shit like <laughs> on this. On the ramp. What the fuck? Have you seen the lifts in Pillman's boots? I know I've probably mentioned this before, but mm. I don't know how you walk around like that. Big fucking two-inch platforms like that. I mean, I wear a second pair of socks when it's cold, and that kind of puts me off kilter <laughs> yeah. a little bit, like, you know? You got a bump to the outside, Marlena slaps Pillman right in front of the referee, and... Whatever the problems we've had in the last few episodes, from this point onwards, DQs, the rules are non-existent. Yeah. 
hasn't what, what is going on here? No idea. I mean, you, Billy, have often worried about legal man syndrome, but legal rules syndrome? Oh, Vincent Mann says that the referees are allowed latitude now. Are they? Yes. Okay. So the precursor to attitude is WWF latitude, <laughs> which is just we kick people in the dick and slap yeah. people from the outside. It's okay. <laughs> we get the curtain call. Yes. Which, when I was watching this and they called it the curtain call, I was like, that's not the curtain call. That's the curtain call is when he puts him in the corner and he spreads your legs open, right? Ah, no, no. To which you corrected me, that's the Shattered Dreams. It is, and I'll never forget that because I don't know about you guys, but like, Dreams is the funniest name to call your balls. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> right in the dream. Right. Oh, you hit me right in the dream. Like that, you know? <laughs> My cousin once referred to him as his diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> He must have some hard balls. <laughs> he must have balls of steel. <laughs> so Pillman is getting incredible heat in this match. He uses the purse that Marlena has, which is more akin to a golden canteen. Absolutely yeah. knocks out Goldust. Referee doesn't see it. Or if he did, it would have been much of a big deal anyway. Yeah, it's fine. It's grand. There's a bit of latitude here. It's grand, mate. And yeah, the referee counts the pin. The crowd reacts like they have seen the gravest injustice. Yeah. Yeah. They are literally whelping. Yeah. It's so much heat. And, and usually, man. in my opinion, when like a wrestler's career is on the line, when they're like so obviously not going to retire anytime soon, it's like, well, they're obviously going to win. But the crowd clearly didn't have that in their heads because they are like, oh, God, no. No, no, no. How could this happen to Paul Marlena? Like, oh, how desensitized they'll become. Legit, right? You innocent, so sweet summer children. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, and I mean, we probably will talk about it now because it kind of feels a bit weird of bad blood to talk about a man passing away and then talk about his final regrettably tasteless angle that he mm. was involved in. So we might as well talk about what happens from this point now where immediately Marlena is like set upon and King is like, get her, get her, yep. get her. And it went from being he has the managerial services of her for 30 days to he has her for 30 yes. days and 30 nights. Yeah. And that just becomes then like he owns her for like mm. she, she, like they're talking about how Dakota, Jim Ross, like that Dakota, that, that kid ain't gonna have a mama for a month. Yep. Like, what? Like, she has to spend... She's three! Marlena has to spend every waking minute with Brian now, apparently. And seemingly, she must consent to anything he wants to do. Like, that is how they are talking about this, is that, like, yeah. Marlene, Marlena has had all autonomy taken away from her now. And what you have now is Goldust starts to change his face makeup. Like, he's using, like, a half face and stuff like that. He's very dour. He's, he's depressed. He's more violent and whatnot. And randomly throughout Raw, where Pillman is scheduled to wrestle, he's meant to be in, like, this intercontinental title tournament that's coming up. But instead, what will happen is Pillman's scary music will play, and then he'll say, Brian Pillman's Triple X Files. And then you've got Brian Pillman, usually with something phallic, like a Big L cigar, or like a cucumber, or a dog's willy, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Just in his hand, or whatever. That just made me imagine he's got a full dog in his arms. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> And he begins to describe the most, like, like even for 97, where they don't even know where the line is yet, he's mm. just like, Marlena's been up all night because I can't stop having sex with her. Yeah. I've been rock hard for two days yeah. now. And Marlena is like, 
cowering in the corner, oh. wrapped up in blankets. And Pillman is laughing his head off. He's sweating. He's topless. He's screaming. And he's they fro- go on as well. These are long on. segments. Like it's like the Valvina stuff, but instead of it being like you know, it's him going you know. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst thing is, all of this is going on with Pillman's. Horrible. It's the war. I literally had a nightmare about it the other night. <laughs> like, it's Marlena sat there with her arms full of going, no! Fucking sonic drowning music. God, I mean, this is like, I know the eventual thing was going to be, you know, them getting back together and them, you know, yeah. teaming up. And, you know, it was obviously all being set up like, you know, that it's going to be the worst thing ever. And then it would be like a big turn on Pillman or whatever. But like. But that wouldn't have even been a pay-per-view because Brian was supposed to be fighting Dude Love at Bad Blood. So right. that, that was going to be, the, the blow off to this feud was going to be on Raw, not on a pay-per-view. I reckon, this is probably me being cynical about the Attitude Era, but I would imagine that it would be the thing where Marlena and Goldust are finally reunited and then she kicks him in the balls or something yeah. and she's like, I finally met a real man. Oh, right, like, yeah, yeah. Now she loves Brian Pillman. That's like, totally, I mean, that's... They that's always what... do that shit. Yeah, and I think, you know... This this was something where you're guaranteed there was more was coming at least because mm. it was over. This was clearly there was more to come here. Yep. They were going to get out of it, and obviously they're very happy to get Pillman doing stuff where they can actually get you know, sell pay per views and make money out of them because yeah. Pillman cost them a lot, and I think for a lot of time he was worried a lot. And I don't know if they gave him the vibe or not that he was like surplus to requirements yeah. because mm. of his lack of mobility or whatever. So yeah, this was a much better Pillman match. There was a fewer botches. I didn't mm-hmm. watch it yeah. like through my fingers thinking this man's about to fucking, you know, oddly the closest to his death, he was actually the least worrisome to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Which was eerie. It was more enjoyable than his matches usually are. Cause yeah, taking less risks. And he did still do a couple of spots where it's like, there's no need for that, mate. But for the most part, this was a very easy Brian Pillman watch. Yeah, the match. great opener. Yeah, really great opener. And of course, then King afterwards with the purse, the big reveal inside. It was a big piece of corned beef. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and Goldus hates his corned beef. He only likes salted beef. He does. He doesn't like. He's, the he's corn. more into bacon grill. <laughs> He's a spice burger man, you know? It was a brick, obviously. Yeah. But I remember, what pay view was it where there was also a brick and the commentator was like, the brick, the book, the brickety book. <laughs> that was, oh. that that was WCW? when... WCW? It was, it was yeah, WCW. it was WCW. It was Bash at the Beach 2000. That's it, yeah. Because yeah. they have the brick inside the book. That was, yeah. <laughs> and Tony Siobhan says, a brick, a book, a brickety book. Canyon's Kat, uh, autobiography. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right, and I'll tell you what, look, we don't need to belabor the point very much to talk about how uncomfortable it is to see a man literally like pounce on a woman like a like a dog going after a piece of meat. Yeah. But Jerry Lawler is like fucking on his hind legs, pissing yeah. everywhere. He's yeah. so delighted here. And yeah, you have them being zipped away, Pillman and Marlena, they run off into a waiting car and like Gold is literally like, no, and Marlena's like banging on the window going, Ah Yeah. Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. One of the most haunting images I've seen in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
Pillman is that good. Like, he made yeah. me so fucking perturbed. Like. Yeah, that's it. Never mind the 97 audience. We, as viewers, us three, are definitely desensitized to this kind of attitude era yeah. stuff. And this still came off as like, fuck me, that's bleak and dark. <laughs> Compare like. that to where to Stephanie, where she gets in and it's like, you're not actually safe. This is like... You're not safe. We've got you. Now I'm going to fucking manhandle you. Yeah. Chuck you into a car. And you're going to be like, ah! And like, ah! Like, it's so much more fucking mm. raw and visceral. dirty and yeah. visceral. Yeah. Oh, boy. King says that Pillman's a magician. I've seen him turn his car into a motel. Fuck me. Because for a second I was like, it's Brian Pillman. Paid his dues. Sleeping on the back of his car. Oh, no. It's a no, sex no. thing, is it? Yep. Like, yeah. And that's going to be King all night now. Yeah. It's like every half an hour he's like, oh, I thought of another thing about Pillman, actually. <laughs> and uh, Vince McMahon, who is very upset by what's happened, quite frankly, I don't know whether or not Mr. Pillman deserves to actually be thrashed in the head with that brick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, actually, no, I take it back. Do his ankle. Do his ankle Jesus. again. That, that's where it'll hurt him. They can't refuse it. And then uh, JR's like, yeah, the baby hang on a mama for 30 days. How can you be happy with this? Like, it's mm, so yeah. horrible. And I think they, they all, I kind of thought this angle was, went down great, like, you know. I mean, it did. It was, it's very over. Like, the audience is super invested in this story, for sure. Goldust here. We fucking screaming. Yeah. yeah. Just fucking F-bombs. Yeah. Lunging at the camera. Oh my God. Trashing so, his room. He was so good here, right? Yeah. So damn good. Coming up next. <laughs> oh boy. Speaking of so damn good. Oh yeah. You know, I'm really happy with this because I really want this season to go by without having a chance to talk about how good Too Sexy Brian Christopher is. Mm. And I didn't want this season to go by without talking about how the son of the Polish hammer, Ivan Putski, how bad Scott Putski is. Mm. So this is a twofer right here, yeah. folks. Because Scott Putski is one of the worst wrestlers we have ever seen on this show. That being said, he's a fucking dreamboat. The body <laughs> yeah. on him. He is a hunk. Big he, time hunk. Yeah. He's cut. Yeah. He's yeah. tight. When they were casting George of the Jungle and they were getting Brendan Fraser, they were like, can we have Brendan's head on this fellow's yeah. body? Like, like, it is an insane physique. And it's one of those physiques that's like, you can tell he can't bend his arms the whole way. Mm -hmm. You're pretty sure that he probably couldn't do like a Russian twist or move his sternum around because he's just solid. Yes. Yeah. You know, like the Patriot seems to me like he's at the body type that's the upper like level of like of definition and mass. Like you can be that big and that defined and still move like yes. a wrestler. Any bigger or any more defined, you're gonna start like being like Triple H with his parade yeah. flow arms. Yeah. Putski here, he has trouble walking to the ring. He looks yeah. like he's, to, he's on high heels or something. Yeah. He's huge. He's not quite Ian Harrison levels of being like hard to look at, yeah. but it is a significantly noticeable, like, okay, you're a bit pumped up, aren't you, man? Yeah, like he's he's quite pleasing to look at, but if you look at him for too long, he's actually deeply disturbing. Like, he's too <laughs> perfect. Like, he's he's like a seeing eye picture or something like that. Yeah. You see things that aren't there. Uncanny Valley, there's something off there. Yeah, and it just like, there's something like about him that. You know when the monsters first got big, <laughs> but they still had the mind of being small, yes. you know? And there would have been like, you know, the first time a monster took a shit like, right? It takes I mean, him getting used to. Yeah. Like. He would have shot all over the bowl, like, you know? <laughs> he would have made it brown all over himself. And I've not seen the deleted scenes, but obviously. <laughs> oh, it's real bad. Like, what, they, they stunk out more on Mountain, like. But uh, Sputsky here has got this, like, he, he's a little man who's been given this new big body, and he just mm. knows how to quite has he been bigged 
<laughs> he made a big wish. Yeah, has he, has he been big? <laughs> he wants to be big like his dad, the yeah. Polish hammer. Like. <laughs> Refer to that as being big from now on. <laughs> and what you have here now in this match, this match which is set up as like the battle of the light heavyweights, because the light heavyweight division, it's still going on, folks. Believe it or not. However, I regret to inform Adam, Billy, I know you liked him, but the great Sasuke is really not, unfortunately, here for the long term. Sasuke could not come to terms with the World Wrestling Federation for another appearance. Sasuke said, guys, I'll come. I'll do Raw. I'll do the pay-per-view. And in exchange, you send a star of equal value to wrestle in Japan for uh, me. As if they're going to do that. Would and- you like to take a guess, Billy, uh, who... On a similar level to Sasuke, his worth, who would they send to Japan? Or who Sasuke just assumed would be like, no problem. You get me, I get him. Ooh. That's why this Sunday, the great Sasuke will take on The Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) The Undertaker! (laughs) In Japan. I mean, they might not pronounce Undertaker's name correctly over there, so maybe there's an equivalence there and that we'll we'll, we'll butcher your top guy's name or whatever, but... My God, yeah, Sasuke ain't coming back. Yeah, but in reality, they're going to send, you know, a fucking Gilberg or like... Nah, you're getting fucking Brackus, mate. That's what you're getting. The big man's going to fill out the Tokyo Dome. What are you talking about, like? There's been a lot of teasers for Brackus on Raw, Billy. Brackus is coming. Uh, Ear cumped, apparently. Yes. uh, But that's just good to know. So, yeah, what we have here now, folks, is, is the light heavyweight action. These are two guys who are not really standouts, but... Christopher is making the most of every second he's on TV. Mm, yeah. He's been given like an inch and has taken a mile. And it's so amazing to watch the two extremes of, look at me, Dad, I'm being a wrestler, just yeah. like you. Putsky, petrified, in the shadow of his father, who probably still doesn't admit to him that wrestling's a work. Christopher is like an evil, younger clone of Jerry. He is everything his father ever was. And honestly, more besides. The energy, mm-hmm. the level here is unbelievable. His body is fucking incredible as well. And yet, still not enough for either. Yeah. It's so fucking tragic. God damn it. Like, I mean, this is the first time I've had a chance to talk about Brian Christopher on this season. Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I feel he's been on the rolls consistently, but I don't think he's this got is a pay-per-view This yet. is his first pay-per-view appearance yeah. in the season. So there's a big thing that they're doing with Brian Christopher, and this has got him over like absolute rover. The fans are booed him like motherfuckers. It's that he's obviously Jerry Lawler's kid. Yeah. yeah. And JR is like, that's your boy there. We got your boys up there in the ring. What are you going to do? You going to go and go have dinner with your son? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go live with your son? <laughs> you know, going to go meet him on Sunday? And Jerry is like, no, no, of course not, because he's a young stud in the ring, and I'm, I'm still a young stud as well. Like, he looks like me, obviously, because we're both very handsome. Yeah. Jerry's kid chance, yeah. like, they've got this so over. He's just an admirer and fan of mine. <laughs> yeah. And we keep getting picture in picture on Raw where, like, Brian's in the ring, and you'll have Jerry's face next to him where it's like, eh? See? See? I'll tell you what. John Carpenter's The Too Sexy Brian Christopher <laughs> entrance music is so fucking good. They've had some father-son tags that they've done with these guys yes. here, but I don't know. I've listened about some season one of the I Share podcast, and like a lot of people the media just assume it's because Brian Christopher has passed, and I was very like harsh and made fun of a lot of his problems and stuff in the first season, which mm-hmm. is many things I regret from the first season being very fat phobic, being very mean and instances like that. That's absolutely the case. But I would honestly say had, it, had he passed away or not, I would still be coming back here with a reassessment because having watched a lot more Raw and read a lot more about Christopher and what he's doing, he's really fucking incredible. And mm-hmm. i got to imagine someone who, if he was three inches shorter, would have been a tippity-top guy because he's got 
everything and fucking spades, right? Mm. What's his shortcoming other than he's a bit much? <laughs> I think yeah, it's just purely his size. It's because he's a uh, he's a cruiserweight, like he's a little light heavyweight guy, and that's not what gets pushed in WWE outside of Shawn Michaels. At this point in time. You're not getting a look yeah. in, basically. But it's definitely was the case. I had so much time, like making fun of like him and like the silliness of their gimmick, him and 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 Scott Taylor together or whatever, mm. and then just talk about how much I love Too Cool. I feel like I've never really talked about him particularly. I think he's fucking yeah. damn well good. This gimmick, him, too sexy, Brian Christopher works a lot better than when they're doing too much next year. Yeah, because too much, I always thought was like, what's the these guys are just jerks? Is that their gimmick? Like, I didn't quite get it. But this here, where he gets mic time to himself, and he is part of like he is the the star of this division. Yeah, it's not like they're just another tag team. He is like the main top heel of the light heavyweights. Like I love as well. Like Jerry doesn't want to know that he's got an everyone to know that he's got an older son, and obviously Brian Christopher doesn't want everyone to know that his dad got him a job in wrestling. Like, yeah. you know, I was telling Adam about this, Billy. The USWA, the Memphis group, had a little show, a big show down at the fairgrounds before this. And they wanted to get a big attendance and they had increased the prices of the tickets and they worried they wouldn't get a big attendance. So they set up Brian Christopher, another guy, to wrestle in the parking lot in barbed wire for free. Literally oh, saying, yeah. look, look, there are men bleeding. Go in and watch this wrestling. And it worked. <laughs> Imagine being enticed by a man covered in blood going, <laughs> oh, I want to go and see that. There's barbed wire in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> big, big Jerry's kid chance. Yeah. I like this a lot. Oh no! Scott Putsky's here and he's wrestling. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you compare his offense to? A, a soft breeze on a summer's day. Yeah. Where you, you're like, oh, that feels nice on the skin. That's quite refreshing to have a little, a little bit of air catch me. He, there. he won't hurt you. No. That's all I'll say about Fart in a thunderstorm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Ross literally two moves into the match. Of course, uh, Putsky, not as put together technically as his opponent here to just Fuck me. whatever. He's you're... the face. Should let him get more than two moves in as well before like just <laughs> burying the lad. Like obviously he is shit. Yeah. But, but like but don't do it after two moves. Yeah. Like In fairness though, Billy, right, you don't think it's like Street Fire because his moves like have so many phase states. Like mm. a hurricane rana from even someone like the Sandman is like six frames or whatever. Putsky here with the fucking nine minute hurricane rider where he's like <laughs> the frame by frame like good god almighty Jerry reacts to Brian Christopher's offense like a kid at a magic show he mm. laughs and claps his hands Jerry's really funny during this match yeah. Anything that Jerry did that you particularly enjoyed? More so when we get to the the way this match ends oh, Okay, yes mm. ten seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna say the action picks up it doesn't Scott Putsky, what happens is he keeps wrestling and that goes on for a little bit. And then sure, they only take a spill to the outside and Scott, shades of Sin Cara here. Like with the, no, no, no. Like I'm not even going to sell that. I'm Like I'm so hurt right now. I'm not even going to sell that I'm hurt. Like I'm so hurt. I am frozen. I'm shaking my head. He just puts his arms over his face and it's like, well, that's that then. I'm done. And I wrote down here in capital letters, hurry the fuck up because... Mm. You know what? If you get injured, it's scary. Get the EMTs out there. Get the trainer out there. Yeah. Check them out. Figure out. What was this five-minute hangaround? Yeah. Why? Did they Did they want to embarrass him? Were they like, well, we've got ten minutes to fill, so we're going to have to actually wait before we send you out. Yeah. yeah. How do we fill the time from this match that has now been thrown out? Yeah, it's... 
Well, we just get a bunch of sort of grandstanding from King. King King, King offers to, and this is my favourite moment of this match, King offers to see if Putski's okay, then immediately turns to Vince and says, give me the brick. <laughs> <laughs> Put him out of his misery, yeah. That's what he literally says. I'm going to put him out of his misery. Yeah. Uh, I believe, uh, according to Terry Funk's autobiography, that process is known as acing when you uh, put someone down for their own good. Like, you know, fucking hell. So yeah, Brian Christopher tries to make the most of it. He's like, I don't care who's next. Yeah, but like Brian Christopher is not the type of guy who should be winning matches by like ref stopping. Yeah. like. Christopher Berg over here and again Jerry on the mic like because yeah he says that to Vince and then he gets up and he gets a house mic out and he starts like doing this you know ad-lib promo it's sort of like we've got to fill the time we've got to make an excuse here for this shades of like every promoter or ring announcer doing stand-up when someone's been hurt in yeah. the first half hour like. and he starts doing some basic heel material and then he goes over and looks at what's going on and he's literally like oh man <laughs> and he sits back down <laughs> and he basically says things like you're a moron yeah <laughs> you lost it was so unnecessary yeah. if anything and I think it made Brian and Jerry's act seem a bit ho-hum like because they just kind of seemed like not very killer in the end that they just kind of pointed and made bad jokes well that's it I feel like they should have gone full nasty to really put this over but then King clearly saw this as an actual proper injury yeah because he's, yeah. he's dislocated his knee uh, so yeah. it's more than that he tore his quad apparently shit that's a Triple H Vince yeah. McMahon injury he, he tore his quad and he's going to be out for three months from this point and onwards Putski was just signed like Literally. all the stuff previously was just tryouts and I'm sure he ends up at ECW as part of the muscle men contingent or whatever mm. but yeah, this is another big signing, or at least just another signing where the person is immediately like damaged goods. Mm. Uh, more on that as Ken Shamrock and Ahmed Johnson are also injured. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mark Henry has now also been sent off to Stu Hart to learn to wrestle because they gave him a million dollars. Fucking hell. <laughs> got sent to Stu Hart. Like, you know, you ever, you ever play a game like Civilization or anything like that where like you, you see how the game is at and you kind of go, right, I've spent all this money or resources and I know now that I've just put it into the wrong things and mm-hmm. it's too late to do yeah. anything about it this is that moment for WWF yeah. they have just messed up their fucking roster it's Time so to start a new file now I like. guess so compare and contrast Scott Putsky and Jerry Lawler's interaction with Alberto Del Rio and Sin Cara's interaction yeah. both men noticed the other party was definitely hurt for real mm. but what happened with Del Rio again well, stamp on him it's because he could immediately like see that the only thing that happened to Sin Cara was a broke a, thing, broke a finger. You know, like they think at this point here, Putski's dislocated his knee. That's He's true. actually torn a, a, a quad. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> no, Jerry laid in the sweet, boots. Like. Sweet fuck all happened to Sin Cara. <laughs> There's no reason Sin Cara couldn't have, like, he could just popped it back in and continued. Because I've broken a finger, but I've broken my finger a couple of times. Like, And you, you can, finished the damn match. I finished like. the damn match. I finished the damn crossword. You know? <laughs> There's no damn way you finished that crossword, sir. You yeah. just did that with a dislocated right finger. Like. <laughs> what is more humiliating than your big pay-per-view debut, being cut short, you being hyped up as being like this great second-generation talent, you mess it up in front of everyone in a way that like damages you, damages your opponent, damages the company. Well, we still got three minutes left to kill... Ivan Putski is a Hall of Famer and the father of Scott Putski. His famous Polish hammer was echoed around the world. He was a much better wrestler than the man who just hurt his leg. Footage of Scott on a stretcher being carried Jesus. Hey, we've had a hard time there, but we're in for some serious hard shit right now. It's time to recap the gang war! Gang war! Gang war!
Every time I turn around, you're telling me how to conduct my interview and where to do them and how you want them done. If you want them done, you ask me where I want them done at. We are not about this clean, serene environment. This is Beverly Hills. This is Hollywood. We're not about that. We're about the street. And tonight is a street war. And we're going to show you just exactly how that's done. Tonight, I'm going to take Savio Vega and crush out. How are we going to do it, guys? By any means necessary. necessary. Get out. Get out of the way before we knock you out. I was excited at this moment because I called it Faction Action. Faction Action. I was like, I'm on board for some Faction Action. But then remembered Faction Action is Gang Wars. But Faction Action looks like it would be written on the side of a toy set. Like, you know, they've got Faction Action. B&M own brand wrestling figures. Faction Action. I mean, I know this is definitely because DX are not involved yet and they've not done the race thing. Yes. But Nation, we've not been watching Shotgun. Nation are less of a factor in terms of talking about really awkward, you know, Uncle Tom stuff like they were doing. Yeah. Oh, that's been big time downplayed now, yeah. Well, they're just a group of tough guys. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Barikas are really just lads who steal bikes. Yeah. DOA have, if anything, just said, we're not racist, we just love motorcycles. Yeah. And honestly, it is a little bit getting over. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. enjoying it where we are right now. Why, why are you enjoying it? Because everyone like, said we were going to hate this. Yeah, I like the idea of there being multiple big factions on your roster. I think that's a cool thing. It gives people a lot to do. I think all the gangs involved here have very distinct, clear looks. And it's, themes. Yeah. And themes, yeah. It's very Warriors-esque in terms of like you can see visually who's aligned with who. Yeah. There's been a lot of roars where it's been like there'll be a match between two of the factions and it ends up backstage and next thing you know they're in the parking lot and it's complete chaos. And it's giving us backstage as a natural environment a lot more than anything else in 97 has actually done, you know? And I can tell if it carries on this way I will get desensitised to it and it will get boring. Mm. But at the time I'm enjoying the carnage and I'm actually enjoying seeing these segments regularly. I'm surprised we've not seen the Truth Commission yet on pay-per-view. I've been waiting for the car crash that is the Truth Commission. Mm. Oh, 
it's since coming. we started this season, and I, we've still still yet to get it. No. Billy heard the commandant's words in South Africa, like yeah. you know, he he knows they're not here. They're gonna run roughshod in the American way. Mm. Like I know, I mean, they are coming, but like you can tell, like how they're such an afterthought because there's literally a part in this next match where they're like, all the factions of the World Wrestling Federation, who's going to be dominant? I mean, it could be it could be the Hart Foundation, it could be the Godwins, it could be. It could be the DOA. It could be and he lists everyone. Then right at the end, he went, "Oh yeah, or the Truth Commission." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, possibly. Rocky Maivia is officially the newest member of the Nation of Domination, which has come right after Ahmed Johnson, in the most miserable moment ever, mm. was kicked out of the Nation of Domination. Yeah. Literally, right as he's come back, like he's back. He has like one match. Mm-hmm. They even give him like, "We are the Nation." Of domination. Nice. He got that. And they beat him down. And mm-hmm. they beat the shit out of him. And the vibe seems to be from commentaries that I guess Ahmed wasn't that good. Yeah, they're finished mm. with Ahmed now. They are proper, like, on commentary, like, ah, uh, well, he's just not that great after all, is he? Like, what a waste of money Ahmed Johnson yeah. was. That is a shame. It, it is. is. What a, a big massive shame. heel turn for... Mm-hmm. Nothing, no, you got nothing out of it. We got a cool intrigue at the end where him and Taker and Farouk and Paul Bear and that you know that yeah. one where yeah. he was like, you know, stop that. And, you know, that I like that. Yeah. But after then, Ahmed's just been wasted. You made him a heel, no one to boo him, and no. now they've they've done the worst thing, which is they've done the flip flop. They've turned you heel, and they're going to turn you right back. Mm-hmm. Except he's injured, so yeah, so you can't even do that. What's he out with this time? Uh, another triceps injury right. or another knee injury, I believe. So I mean, it's it's sad, but. I mean, immediately you could tell that Rocky Maivia is a much, much better fit. Yep. Have you seen Rocky's original promo when he joins the nation about why he did it? I have not. It's fucking amazing. He literally like has the microphone. He's like, I've got three simple words for you. Die, Rocky, die. That's the thanks you pieces of crap give me after busting my tail for my dad all this time. And like, he's like nervous, but confidence is building in him. Mm. And like, it's so great to hear him finally acknowledge, like, I love it when it, all, it never gets boring for me when a wrestler is like, why do you hate me? Yeah, yeah. you guys are dicks. I love it, yeah. like, he's supposed to scream it to the skies, like. Best part about it, though, is that The Rock did it wearing a t-shirt with a capital R on it, which made it look like he was in Team Rocket. <laughs> and not even a good member of Team Rocket like Jesse, I'm talking like a grunt with a black t-shirt, you know, and one of them stupid hats, like a soft hat. Prepare for trouble. Make a double. Check the world from devastation. Unite all peoples within our nation of Miami, Florida. Of course, you know, rock now. You know, modern rock would yeah. do a lot. You know, he'd do a lot more jazz, wouldn't he? He'd just be like, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Pikachu, <laughs> Viridian City. <laughs> from Pallet Town all the way to the Elite Four. <laughs> Oh, 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 no, we're going to get some TM soon now, don't you worry. <laughs> oh, hang on a second, Billy. This isn't just water. This is the people's water. <laughs> <laughs> I love the promos here with all the gangs. It's very, very Warriors-esque. Mm. I like the Los Pericas walk around with an axe handle. Yeah. <laughs> Such a wrestling weapon. It's so brilliant. Savio Vega is like my new favorite wrestler. <laughs> he's really good. He's so good. I feel so. I've made fun of him. 
for thousands e- of everyone years. Everyone does. Yeah. I know. Be- before we started the season, all I knew is Savio Vega was he was shit because everyone said he was yep. shit. Same. It's like yeah, King of the Ring 1996. It's got three Savio Vega matches. I actually want to watch that. <laughs> three. <laughs> say, oh, maybe, maybe you could have that for your boys' pick at the end. Oh, of the show. Billy oh. Keeble. <laughs> Oh, hang on now. I'm not accepting that because then you're just going to come in here with some <laughs> smooth talking Legit. 2005. Legit. Oh, I'm, no, we're going 2007 for boys' pick. I'm fucking. I'm editing the gamesmanship part two at the minute, and on there, Billy discusses his fucking boys' picks. And let me just say, there will never be another boys' picks. <laughs> as long as I'm breathing, I will never let it happen. I'm out of here. So, Crush is very, very upset because he says, I'm going to run this back straight up your ass. <laughs> Imagine Crush there going Be careful up there Crush (laughs) They towed away The DOA's bike With a lowrider And I was hoping that they would get revenge By towing away a lowrider On a massive bike You know like both Skull and Apol have to hold a handlebar each Like give it a rev Like Like a motorbike version of a penny farthing <laughs> That's gotta be a thing. Someone must have a made that. A motorized penny farthing yes. has gotta be a thing. And I'm gonna run this penny farthing right up your hay penny. <laughs> <laughs> Savio coming out here, no backup. No one's got backup tonight. No. Like coming out on their own. It's a gentleman's uh, agreement. Yeah. Big up to Savio Vega, who uh, the night after this came out to do commentary for another triple threat match because he claims he is the king of the triple threat match. He comes out with his fedora, he's jucking and jiving, he's waving to the crowd, he's getting in everyone's face, shaking hands with the Spanish announcers. He sits down and he's like, what do you want, McMahon? I'm going to sit, I'm going to do some commentary because I'm so good at it. Puts on the headset and then tries to put his fedora on top <laughs> and it doesn't fit and he just very, very quietly takes it off and he's like, damn it, I look so cool for like a minute there. Aww. Bless him. Crush gets the biggest pop of the three. Yeah. Mm. yeah gets the, the crush the, pop. Yeah, fans are fans are big into the DOA, it seems. I mean, people like bikers, right? Yeah, it's true. You know, it's 1997. Yeah. There's not a lot of biker stuff on TV. People want to see it represented. Mm-hmm. Full throttles come out, lads. Like, you know, <laughs> everyone's a pole cast. The graphic explaining the rules of the triple threat match that neglected to mention that there's no disqualification. Mm. Or they kind of don't realise that or think about that. They thought about less than the three-way dance at ECW. I just love that this is back in the day when a triple threat match necessitates a need to explain it yeah. to the audience. This, like, this, this is, is an attraction. Like, yeah. 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 This is a selling point of this pay-per-view. Yeah. And it's got little potatoes as well for fuller points. <laughs> <You> see, <laughs> this might be like the ground zero like atom bomb explosion, but they've literally just drawn a circle around it in Photoshop so it looks like a little potato. Oh. And it's there all fucking night. Speaking of the name ground zero for this yeah. pay-per-view, what really is the epicentre... <laughs> That we are talking about here. Because there's nothing in this pay-per-view that makes me go, this is the ground zero for something big. I mean, unless we're going to the C4 and C5 vertebrae, because that's the ground zero of the most yeah. important thing that's happening in wrestling <laughs> yeah. right now. Like, I mean, it's not ground zero, Billy. Yeah. It's, it's like, because ground zero is a definitive or like a starting point or an end point. It's not a middle of the road in your yeah. in your house ground zero. Yeah. Like. I mean, like up until this point, the names have made sense to a degree. Revenge of the Taker. Taker's yeah. going to get some venge. Yeah. Going to get some sweet venge. And, and you know... <laughs> King, King of the Ring. King Guess the where ring. it's going to be happening tonight. Canadian Stampede. There's a stampede. There's loads of cow noises. Yes. And we're in Canada. 
So, <laughs> but, but, but what's the ground zero? I don't like this. And I mean, don't get me started on bad blood. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there's, there's more on that in a bit, I guess. I like always the allies of the nation and the audience. Particularly fan of the many white nerdy allies the nation of domination are enjoying here today in Kentucky, the bluegrass state. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly like guys on their own or with one friend. Like, no, do it, do the fist. Come on. Slide. They're all kids who look like snow. <laughs> 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 Joe was here and she was like, "Who are the DOA?" And I'm like, "They're a brotherhood, Joe." And I'm not just saying that because two of them are in the Aryan Brotherhood. Brotherhood of bikers. Kyoto. Latitude here, like, you know, the youngest referee in the WWF, he's got WWF latitude for days. He loves a belt whipping to take place. Yeah. No DQ, mate. Uh, low blow to crush. No DQ. That's fine. It's triple threat. But then, yeah, I was like, oh, it's triple threat. But then they're like, oh, no, the referee is allowing some leeway because... No. <laughs> no. It sets a bad precedent. Yeah. They're holding back on two-person spots. Who'd have thought? Mm. Farouk and Crush are in there trying to do three-man spots and Savio Vegas like, come on, guys. The, the, It'll the, be fun. The <laughs> amount of waiting around here. Like, yeah, Farouk and, will have Savio on the ground and then Crush will just be stood there watching them. And mm-hmm. then as soon as like the leg goes up for the pin, he'll just push them over. Yep. Then they'll take turns. They really have not thought about what makes a triple threat great you know there's certain wrestlers who you just get the vibe that when they're putting together the triple threat match the only contribution they have is how little they like triple threat matches yes. steve austin's one of these people crushing farouk are also people yeah. like that i, I mean, mean i don't i don't, i completely understand tri- uh, if, if austin hates triple threat matches if this is the fucking caliber of what he was having to do at the time of mm. doing them well look it's obvious crush needs his rest and he doesn't get it in this match mm. and what happens then is that we get cranky wrestling and he's not really enjoying <laughs> himself and he's tired it's not fun for him we do get one three-man spot where farouk and crush do like one two-man suplex together and just from that one move alone vincent man starts going oh i wonder if farouk could be joining the doa <laughs> 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 Although we all know that Farouk has got, you know, sidecar privileges. Yes. Us, he does, you know? he does. So I'm yes. just saying, he's got form in this podcast. Oh man, some loose fucking rest holes by Crush. Like, <laughs> you know. You know, it's nice after you've worked your arms just to tense up a little bit, like, yeah. you know, and just maybe snuggle up a little fucking bit. Fucking hanging out with my boys, like. Big splash by Savio, lands into Farouk's knees. Savio's mm. bumping his arse off here. You know, Rook flying off the top rope. I did not expect that. Yeah. Like. I mean, Farouk is, you can go off the top rope, but Farouk, much like a rook in, in uh, chess, can only go straight forward <laughs> or to either side. And he's just like, Farouk. I mean, you see his little hands when he flew. Yeah, he's like flapped he, his like, little He moved his wrists like he was... Birds a- of war. <laughs> Uh, getting a massive sign and it's so funny because like, they cut to the hard camera all three men are down the referee with his count one two giant HBK sucks dick sign cut away three <laughs> four Farouk's cell of the electric chair drop made me laugh so fucking much is this where he acts like he has actually been electrocuted <laughs> it's the part where he's just stood there and he's like 
yeah, now I beat up Savio Vega, and I love masturbation. <laughs> and then he just gets picked up behind on his on his thighs. The person, you know, Crush puts his his head in between his arse, and he just stands up slowly. And Freaks goes, "Hey, what the hell, man?" <laughs> He's like looking down, yeah. like, "Why am I getting taller?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, like if you were like on a skateboard at a bus stop, yeah. and someone just pushed you slowly. Like, hey, what the heck, like? You know? It's a proper like yeah. they put a bucket on your head. He's like, "Hey, who turned out the lights?" Like that kind of mentality. <laughs> like, why am I growing all of a sudden? Yeah, he, honestly, he sold it like he was in Home Alone. It was yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Jr. really hyping us up. Well, this one could go on all night, folks, I guess. I hope it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> Let's hope not. New pay-per-view name. Coming up this Sunday, this could go on all night. It's a one-hour time limit match. I know you are a fan of matches being physical. From That's a Michael Colbert. This is a physical match, Adam. Well, no, according to Vince McMahon, this is rugged. This is a rugged, rugged encounter. Very rugged. And the crowd are ruggedly restless as they are literally making the noises of what people did before phones existed back in 1997, which was just going, <laughs> really loudly into the abyss. These triple threat matches really are struggling at the moment because the night after they have another one of these and it's Triple H and the Patriot and Savio in there and the crowd are literally, like, it's like PS1 game, like stood up, Boring! Boring! <laughs> you suck, player one! What a strange three-person... I know. What a combo. What, why? How did that even happen? I don't know, but they're they're going full in on like using ECW concepts, you mm. know? And I think that's something that you point out right here, is that we're getting people from Japan, people from Mexico, match types, backstage brawls, all this stuff. They're openly basically taking... Not just talent, as it's always talked about. They're taking the concepts right yeah, now, and yeah. they're using them. And these are ECW 97 foolproof concepts that they're using ad nauseum. And they're getting the all plug-in for pay-per-view still for yeah. like November to remember coming up and such like that. Get the heart punch, and then the spinning heel kick. Those moves. They were uh, very, very low impact. Yeah. Savio wins. The master of the triple threat match. And then we get the dreaded bike walk away. Yeah. Bring <laughs> Crush <laughs> sat on his bike walking like, if he had like the Flintstones <laughs> driving with his little feet yeah and then a skull and eight ball are gonna go put a massive swat together the side of it <laughs> Hitler <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play the da 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 before anyone asks, I'm not making a video of that. Can <laughs> add for the Stone Cold VHS. I got a DVD player, jackass. <laughs> um, I love that the, yeah. the VHS. It's about how cool Stone Cold is, how yeah. much of a badass he is, and the front cover is him covered in blood, going. <laughs> <laughs> They're plugging Steve Austin merch so hard Constantly. right now. Like, just straight up, like, how cool is Austin 316? I bet you want that shirt. Steve Austin would think you're cool. He'd probably have a beer with you if you did. It's like being my friend. <laughs> you know, you want Stone Cold to get better, don't you? Well, you better send your money now and send a check to Stone Cold. Do you want to have a look at this VHS on Patreon sometime, maybe? I think this would be a nice, fun little number. We did yeah. for our Manchester live show way back in the day. We did... It wasn't this, it was Austin McMahon. Yeah. But I think the classic WWF VHS releases, like, these mm. are, there's some gold production values on here. This is the one that has on the back the hairstylist. I'm bald, jackass! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Steve Austin's presence is known, at least in the commercial sense tonight. Mini action coming up next! 
as El Chorizo, no, not that El Chorizo, yeah. uh -uh. takes on Max Mini. Mini action does make hairs raise up, chills go down spine. Yep. And folks, I am delighted to tell you that 1997, I don't know how long this runs, mm. I've watched a couple weeks on Raw, we got this fucking mini division. And it's fucking amazing. It is. Oh my god, Max Mini, you are my new favourite wrestler. Yeah. This is so fucking good. And the crowd, are, like, I was dreading it. You know, the crowd are going to be laughing. They love it. They're, they're laughing lavish. with them. The, the, the crowd are not being like, ah, look at these little people. They're like, they're like, look at that guy doing a Hurricane Rana. Yeah. They are 100% on board. Like, there's no maliciousness here. They're not like, obviously Jerry's being Jerry. That's it. But aside, He's the only but, one. But aside from that, they're being treated with the same amount of respect as any other wrestler on this roster. Yes. And it's very important to point out in this presentation, yes, the Jerry Lawler bit is there as part mm. of it, but you have got super strong stances. And, you know, Bobby Heen would always make fun of little people and then Gorilla Monster would say, will you stop? But you got JR and Vince going like, they're, they're magnificent athletes. Yeah. Their stature is nothing to make fun of. Max Mini, he's the he's the smallest athlete in the world and we're proud to have him in the World Wrestling yeah. Federation. It's not just JR going, come on guys. Vince McMahon is, is basically saying, we are presenting this as like amazing action yes. that you can't see anywhere else. Absolutely. And at 83 pounds, the mysterious Max Mini. I'm a fucking Max Mini mark right yeah. now. Like, we're trying to find out more about him. Yeah, I got a little bit of research here on these two guys. So, El Torito, I've got to say, I love his physique. Like, yeah. he's a big-looking fucking dude. Like, uh, Yeah, I did a little research. If he was one inch taller, he would not be considered a little person. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Right on the cusp. He's okay. full Wario shape. Yeah. Like, he's got the, like, the spindly legs and the big barrel chest. Like... Well, at one point during the match, you said, like, oh, he's got like a proper Vader kind of thing about him. Mm. He actually was Mini Vader in a few ha! matches. Like, he yeah. actually wrestled with that gimmick. And like, also, how dumb and shit is like mini vader and mini goldust and mini mankind compared to this yes do you want to see mini vader piss in jim Cornette's mouth or do you want to see fucking these two guys have an awesome match i mean Actual i kind action. of want to see jim Cornette getting pissed in the mouth <laughs> to be honest like, in the middle of a great match though yeah, in, yeah. <laughs> hey don't worry the three, of, both. the three of us can do it all of them at once max mini has worked as mini ray mysterio jr in the past and no one knows who he is. Excuse me. To this oh. day, no one knows the identity of Max Mini. I fucking love, love, love that Max Mini has got these, like, sunglasses eyes. Yeah. It makes him look like a cool smiley because he's got a yellow outfit. He's so fucking nimble. Mm -hmm. And, like, the way he can, like, just throw his entire body's momentum, like, into these moves. It is fast action. There are flips. It puts the light heavyweight stuff to shame, really. Like, yeah. honestly, the fact that Putski and Christopher was our light heavyweight action, and this is, like, the, the mini yeah. stuff. Mm. Now, this, I'll take this as my light heavyweight action. That could be the fucking failed sun action, like, yeah. you know. I'm getting some genuinely funny comedy moments from El Torito, constantly charging the refs. Yes. Fighting asses, like. Yeah. Crowd, big into it. The fucking head scissors, like, those moves. Oh. The fuck made are so good. Some of the fastest wrestling I've ever seen. Like, the pace is unbelievable. And Jerry's like, they're Mexican and they're small. I'm between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, lot of keister chat. Yeah. Because a lot of, like, moves to the keister. And Vince McMahon yeah. is like, oh, he hit him there on the keister. Luckily, he landed and avoided by... Landing on his keister. <laughs> you got every Mr. Keister, Billy Gunn, like you know, bad Keister, Billy Gunn, like mm. yeah, this could work. We got our grunt of the night in this match. 
58 minutes, 10 seconds, Torito drops to his knees and goes, ah! And don't be short with me! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> don't they do after you piss on Jim Cornette? Ah! <laughs> we got in this match one of the hardest I've laughed at wrestling in a long time. Mm-hmm. When uh, Max Mini runs to the outside, yes. sits on Jerry's lap, Whereas, in one fell swoop, yeah. he dives yeah. and lands. Puts on the crown, and immediately the crowd start chanting, Jerry's kid. <laughs> uh, he points in the ring, yeah. he wiggles his feet, and Jerry's like, <laughs> and he's a lot heavier than 83 pounds. Like, you know, like he couldn't get him off. Like. Absolute gold. And you get these signs then on Raw after it say, like, Lawler fears Max Mini. Like, <laughs> I want to see Max Mini and Jerry the King Lawler in a fucking match. Come yeah. on, lads. Are you kidding me? Lawler being the big cartoon villain getting his one up by mm. fucking Max Mini. Oh, that would be so great. I'm completely dead after that fucking Max Mini crown spot. It's the funniest thing in the mm. world. I love Max Mini. He makes me laugh. He makes me go. He makes me gasp. And then, like, when Mini Vader over here, the fucking stiff shots, the big boots, the clotheslines, Max throws his body like he's yep. flying mm. through the air. Like when Taz delivers a clothesline and, like, Rikishi will do a big flip or something mm-hmm. like that. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, Jerry actually corpses with the crowd yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The proper on cinema Oscar special, like, looks into the camera. Ooh. Cut away. Cut away. <laughs> it, it's genuinely hard to make Lawler corpse. Yeah. yeah. He's like, really good for that, actually. Yeah. Like Torrio's mask is a bit of a DIY job. It seems to be like kind of like a, a bull mask combined with like a samurai mask or mm. something. But it kind of goes up at the back and it's basically like if I'm ever wearing a blazer or a sports coat and the collar is up at the back, like all of you, everyone listening, you all owe it to me to tell me and or to pull it down. Without oh yeah, you're yeah, a bad friend if you don't. You're like... very bad. And no one, the referee doesn't say anything. Nope. No one says it. He looks like a big Egypt and he does a dirty greasy sticky fucking powerbomb oh, oh Jesus he fucking kills oh him. my god he turns him into fucking caramel with his <laughs> oh god beautiful series of arm drags by Max Mini I like, I, you can tell how much I love this like every move I was in yeah. Yeah. the SI moonsault to the outside only downside the big finish where there was a lot of roll throughs and kind of like a almost like the the Sin Cara finisher, the La Mystica thing where you do the big spin around arm drag mm-hmm. and he kind of botched that and they just did the roll up and they did the pin. So the big spectacular move did get fucked up in the end. But this match was amazing. Yeah. Max Mini is my new favourite wrestler. Yeah. I never in a million years thought we were getting this in 1997. Yeah. I'm so happy. And it to be treated like it's before and to be treated in the way that it's treated here was the most shocking thing I think yeah. about this match. I, I'll say it every other fucking show, but what is this company? How can they present you light heavyweights one second that way and then minis in their own words like this, like, you know? Like, very respectfully done by it's, their standards. It's like really well. Like, I yeah. mean, people often point to, like, WLC and stuff like that, but do point out, like, still, WLC, it was, like, it was a playoff TLC. It was meant to make you laugh. It was like, a comedy thing. Yeah. It was like, an amazing match. It was comedically amazing and it was physically amazing. It, mm-hmm. it surprised a lot of people, but it was still promoted and presented as being a piece of comedy at the yes. expense yeah. of their stature. Yeah. yeah, This is just like, here they are. You know, They just so happen to be smaller. And That's it. And they, they acknowledge their size whilst yeah. also saying, but don't let that sway your opinion. These guys are fucking amazing athletes. And seeing as we're coming towards the end of this run and I've never, ever, ever even heard of these lads before. No. I'm going to ask him right now, any good Max Mini stuff that we should be on, send it to Addy Podcast please. on Twitter. Please, please, please. We have now, ladies and gentlemen, footage involving... Stone Cold Steve Austin, which Vince McMahon regrettably now has to show us because he's very hesitant to talk about 
Steve Austin and his bust up neck, which mm. is not broken, just really aggravated a formerly broken neck. Let's see what Austin can do with him. No, how about that? A good rip. Steve Austin has emphatically stated that despite doctor's orders, in spite of potential paralysis, he has demanded to return to action immediately here in the World Wrestling Federation. As the commissioner, I must act in accordance with what is in the best interest of the World Wrestling Federation, and more specifically, the superstars that comprise it. Therefore, it is in the opinion of the World Wrestling Federation that Mr. Austin not be allowed to return to action until he has completed successful rehabilitation. Simply put, Steve Austin has more guts than he does brains. Based on what has just been stated, I am immediately suspending Steve Austin and ordering him to forfeit his half of the Tag Team Championship on the night of Ground Zero. They're really playing fast and loose yeah. with this. Yeah. From you, the presentation here, Billy, what's your understanding of Stone Cold's kind of prognosis as it stands? My, my understanding was is he legit broke his neck. He's not acting like he broke his neck. Like, honestly, the way that, the way that he's thrown stunners left and right, <laughs> like, he, he, it made me to think, was like, have I literally been, like, told a lie? in this and then this is he broke his neck and it's purely kayfabe so i mean like because i'm not believing it his neck isn't actually broken broken mm. like there's fractures and it's a re-aggravation of an old injury because he broke his neck in japan back in the day like he has he has a previous injury mm. and this is aggravated so it's not a case that it's just like his neck broke crack broken neck and that's it because yeah with that because that's what's always been that's told. What's always yes. been told i mean i think we've told that because yeah. like, yeah. that's what we were told but it's not the case what happens is, is that it's something that's so aggravated that he can just about scrape by and get back in the ring in a couple of months. And then he puts it off, puts it off, changes the in-ring style. And then by the time we get to WrestleMania 15, he's hurting bad. And then by the mm. summer, he's gone. Because mm-hmm. it's basically, he's able to eke an extra year out of this. He's already been told by one doctor, no more wrestling, you're done. And another doctor said, yes, but in-ring style is going to have to change. No tombstone pod drivers, way less bumps. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Austin's going to change his style over here. But on Raw, it's like they're saying, your neck is broken. We don't want you to be paralyzed, Mr. Austin. Please don't wrestle. You have to get doctor's clearance. And Steve Austin's not having any of it. And there's a new commissioner in town to keep Ooh. law and order. Commissioner Sergeant Slaughter, who is sweating bullets here. And I wonder why that could be. Is it because you've pretended to be in the army all these years? You come out here and you say, that's an order and that's an order. Hail son, looking at you, all you've been doing is stealing a bunch of damn valor. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just so we know, Sergeant Slaughter, who we made fun of for many reasons, but not for the fact that he pretended to be in Vietnam and did so up until like last year. Yeah. WWE promoted him on their website, on the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. everywhere with him as a sponsorship host. Him as like a goodwill ambassador. This man has served in this man's army. They said he was a fucking marine. Their main sponsor is army for fuck's sake. Yeah. Tribute to the troops every year. Fort Hood, let me hear this shit one time. Yeah. 
Right. My dad, when I was like five years old, pretended for like a year that he was in Vietnam. <laughs> what to impress a five-year-old? To impress me. And that's because we were watching a lot of Vietnam movies. <laughs> and then he later, he grew up and was a bigger man and admitted that he had just driven an armoured car in Galway. And that's, that's different. And I respected him. It was not a jungle-based operation. Slaughter, you didn't actually fight Cobra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these, these guys they were coming down Cobra they were attacking from everywhere from the sky <laughs> crashing through the night came the cry of Cobra fucking lion son yeah. of a bitch oh my god Bet Jesse Ventura was furious oh yeah, my god yeah actual underwater's mm. Navy SEAL demo expert yeah. like has Slaughter written a book at any point in no. like oh cause I would have loved to have gone through that like but like how did he get away with it whose idea was it cause I mean I never, never remember him being promoted as being like, he's actually this. I mean, like, but I guess, like, you know, in the 80s and all that, it's like, oh, it's the character. But then he's mm. like, what, is your excuse that you're keeping kayfabe? Mm. Because they are talking, I mean, the rest of the gimmick battle royale, they talked, they said he's a, he's a former Marine. Yeah. Former drill, drill sergeant specifically. Mm. Yeah, the character of Sergeant Slaughter is maybe, like. I don't know, mm. like, I think this is bullshit. Mm. This is real but, fucking bad. But, but then you're going into Hulk Hogan, the character has a big dick. Terry Bollea doesn't. Yeah, Terry so, Bollea has a big dinner and then can't use his dick. I feel like a fucking poo. Yeah. Because the character, are. the character was in the army. You know, you know. Mm. The character stole valor. Like. Yeah. I like the idea of a wrestler whose gimmick is stolen valor, and they come over and they make out that they, 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 they won the the Young Lions Cup or like you know, <laughs> you know they, they 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 trained in the dojo. Which dojo? Oh, ones a stretcher as well. And, oh yeah, really? Yeah, it, just. <laughs> Fucking hell. To a fucking stupider company it couldn't happen. Because yeah. mm. these ads have always pushed home this army bullshit. Mm. And they only found out because someone made a freedom of information request to the fucking army to actually find out. Wow. They actually sent a thing to the Marines mm. and they'd say, no, there's no record of him ever serving or training. Because he was going around saying that he trained and that mm. was like the same thing. No. Not even that. I, I, it's, it's interesting because cause I looked it up. The Stolen Valor Act... So it's, I, I love there it. is a stolen valor act poetic that, that George W. Bush signed oh, really? in 2005. Mm. So really? I'd be, I would be interested to see if there's been any of that narrative since no, 2005. There has, there has, because there's literally an article that Adam showed me that's like superstars who served in the military and yes. started to start from WWE.com. Like, WWE.com. Yeah. And it said it on his Hall of Fame as well. Like, And they have yeah. said it. Like, So they have said it in times mm. where you would not expect them to keep kayfabe. Or so. is it? Or is it only considered stolen valor when it's they using that as in a fraudulent way? It's like when you when you go online and you hear see people talking about stolen valor, it's like people you know wearing a costume of it like to get like a discount in yeah. a restaurant. Oh, right. I don't yeah. know, I don't know if it's that as you're using stolen valor to. Oh, right, you know, so you're expecting, like... Snake... For fraudulent purposes. Right, right. You're He's expecting, not... like, Snake Eyes and Duke from G.I. Joe to be like, sir, that discount is not for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he just wants 20% off at Wendy's. Like, he's not... He Maybe... already gets his 20% off for the that's in order shit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we should say, because this year's PodFest, so it doesn't look like we're going to get to release it because we never got the audio. It was never actually recovered. 
But there was an advert we talked about where it was Sergeant Slaughter for some little diner somewhere. Yeah. You pointed out, Kevin, that the advert seemed like he didn't have his wallet with him. Yeah. It's just like, right, we'll fill the spot with you. Well, let me tell you about how I died in Vietnam. Can I get free ribs? Like... My new favourite Sergeant Slaughter spot of all time is him with a big plate of breakfast going, now that's an order. <laughs> so Steve Austin has got no time for a stolen valor Sergeant Slaughter here. Nope. Tell him that the only damn thing he's been ordering is a bunch of damn cheese. Burgers. Slaughter as the only person I know who can sweat through a sports coat. Yeah. Pretty hilarious. <laughs> he has stripped Steve Austin of the Intercontinental Championship, which has now been put in a tournament. They're making out that Slaughter is like no bullshit and doesn't mind getting like right involved with everything. Unlike Gorilla Monsoon, who would take a step back. Slaughter is like out there saying, no gang warfare, you're not allowed out tonight. Or he's going out there saying, you're wearing this dress. I'm pushing you over the edge. That is absolutely the case. That's the character of Sergeant Slaughter. He's the no BS commissioner. But I will say I've never seen an authority figure go from being instated to disrespected so quickly. <laughs> like everyone's getting in his face and being like, well, let me tell you something, chin man. Like, they are just constantly talking down You're to him. You big stupid bollocks. <laughs> yeah, all the, the time. Slaughter and Brad Maddox. Yeah. Like, <laughs> most disrespected GMs. <laughs> Oh, God, Slaughter is not a performer, bless him. No. You know, he's so fucking bad. Sorry, side note, um, Brad Maddox coming out when he's instated as the general manager going, there's only one sheriff to bring law and order to these here parts. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the last one to run into. Do you, do you remember the last thing that Brad Maddox ever did for WWE? Yeah, he called people like, Cockheads or something like that. No, the, the actual last thing he did as a contracted performer was mm. Undertaker went on Kimmel. No, oh, on, yeah, not, it wasn't Kimmel. He got it was Fallon. It was Fallon. It was Fallon he did and the he, turkey suit. Yeah, he dressed up as a turkey and he got uh, a tombstone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he was released. Now get out! <laughs> it's ridiculous. He didn't even lose the TNA Turkey Bowl match. What's that, Kevin? Doesn't matter. <laughs> That's that boy's picks again. <laughs> so uh, Steve Austin's been put over as having more guts than brains, and Sergeant Slaughter's been put over as having more perspiration than speaking value. Hey. He's like, he's just like, <laughs> like it's throat Sweaty. It's so bad. It's like you've got like, what's going to happen with Stoko Steve Austin? Is his neck broken? Commissioner Slaughter? And Steve Austin's like, you're a big stupid asshole, stunner. Like, all right, like, this is fun. I would like to once again invoke the boot camp match where you described it as Sergeant Slaughter rolls around and goes, <laughs> and I will say, nothing I said about Sergeant Slaughter in season one I take back because I didn't know that he was the father Stephen snake in the grass <laughs> I didn't know he was Cobra the whole goddamn time because <laughs> that's is it, I'd be pleased really to see that goes because I know that we actually do have listeners in the armed forces based on the uh, yeah based based on the, like, the the old SoundCloud I mean I reckon I'll tell you this like regardless of your viewpoint like war what if you think it's good for something or not anyway what huh, is it good for say it again yeah. regardless of it like Anyone can surely say that if someone's going to fucking either be conscripted or have to do fucking armed service or wants to do it or puts themselves at the risk, you know, whatever it is, 
No one should just be able to nick it. Yeah, yeah no one should just <laughs> right. lie about it. No yeah. one! And get away with it for over twenty, for over 30 odd years. He got a camouflage limousine <laughs> for fucking no good reason. They only give those to veterans. I know. <laughs> That's BS. You go down your local your local legion and he's down there eating all the chicken nuggets and bass, you know? It's not yours. Stop it. Snakeskin waistcoat Jim Ross coming out here. Oof. He's got only enough gas to get through half of this interview. <laughs> and Sergeant Slaughter, who is, again, not verbose, does his talking through sweating a lot. Mm. Steve Austin. It's <laughs> thick. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the hippest Candleland, co-holder of the Tag Team Championships, Dude Love comes out. With a heavy heart and a pained pancreas, the dude must admit, even in the presence of dudeness, and yes, dudeness is all around, that he is not going to be able to defend the belts himself. He gives it up. Dude Love struggles more than Steve Austin does with Steve Austin's neck issues because he's been doing nothing on TV since. JR's slight dread in announcing Steve Austin. Ladies and gentlemen, Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) He knows what's happening. I love this JR who doesn't like Austin. Mm. Yeah, me too. He, he like, I don't know, is it JR that coins the term rattlesnake? Yep. Because he like, he means it as in a mm. nasty way. Like, he's a rattlesnake. You can't trust this guy. I know he's popular with the damn fans, but Jesus Christ, he is a dick. Like. And they started to think now because, you know, Lawler is laughing his head off because he keeps saying like, yeah, Austin's going to stun JR next because he stunned Slaughter. Mm. And there's been lots of little teases like, oh, is he going to stun Vince? Like they've, they've had him, anytime he's stunned an official, they've cut back to Vince immediately. Like kind of, you know, again, oh, the curtain comes back at Survivor Series. No, it Do- doesn't. Does to fuck like, you know. So yeah, there's a lot of teasing going on here and Jerry's like, you know, I love that Jerry doesn't think that he, the trained wrestler, is more likely to get a stunner <laughs> yeah. than anyone else, but whatever. And then Austin comes out and he's like, God damn, stop showing the footage of me getting my neck broke. Legit. They Showed sh- it ten damn times. They show it all the fucking time. They're advertising him to wrestle. Yep. Tonight. Yep. And also as well, you want to know what's really going on with Steve Austin's neck? Call the WWF Superstar Line yeah. now. Four ninety nine. And you can hear the footage of him having his neck broken again. To find out the status of the C4 vertebrae, press 4 now. <laughs> to find out the status of the C5 vertebrae, press 5 now. <laughs> to have Steve Austin cuss you out, press 6. Austin is harsh. You make me so goddamn sick, I want to throw up all over you. For some people, that would be the most romantic thing in the world. <laughs> but no one here tonight. That is pretty fucking salty, Steve. I want to throw up all over you. I felt real bad for poor little JR here. He looks so fucking like, I'm just trying to interview you. Please, <laughs> please stop insulting me. He put Steve over in the least condescending, mm. most level-headed we just want you to be healthy, mm-hmm. and and we're annoyed that you're not back. We want to see you back, you know. We know that you're annoyed as well. Not doing the Vince thing. We just want you to keep safe. He's like, no, goddammit, it, you should be back, but you're not, and that's just the way it is. And we want you back. That's all it is. We're just saying we're here for you. Do what you ever want, Steve Austin. Let me tell you about it, <laughs> That is the best stunner ever. Let me tell you about you. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> And Dude Love is just like, Wow, daddy what did you do it, baby? What did you do it, like? This segment rules. And Vince just goes, Oh, no! <laughs> and King is just laughing his head off. 
big slaughter sucks chant and Austin is just like alone to himself. This is probably the most fun I've had with Steve Austin since we started this season back, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it really goes to show that this, him being forced to take time off, is literally where he figures this stuff out. Like, yeah. I know it's, it's one of those things that everyone knows and it's already well established, but you're seeing it happen here. He's figuring out which things are entertaining about his character. Yeah. And from the high of that segment to the low of realising we now have the rest of the pay-per-view with Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon as our commentary team. Yeah. No. WrestleMania 10, baby! So, we got Doc Hendricks backstage with Owen and the Bulldog. Are you scared, Owen? Uh, of course he's not scared. He's just taking on a bunch of teams in a random-ass match that will be a total fucking train wreck. I love the line here from him. Good guy, Owen. I broke bread with Jim Ross many a times. He's a heck of a guy. What happened to him was bogus. It's a load of crap. <laughs> team yeah. team Owen? Yeah, like, seriously, yeah. good guy. I love him, He's man. lobbying for Austin to be jailed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love how kind of like, because they're a bit shit Owens promos. He's just all over the place. He's like, you yeah. should be a jailed arrested get out. He's just... I think that adds to the charm. It of does, it, isn't it? That's though. what I love about Owen. Like sometimes his promos don't make any sense where it's like, he just won by cheating and he's like, I did it. I did it by myself. And it's like, that's all he has to say. And I'm fucking laughing and having mm. a great time. Like Speaking of good times, we cut back to Vince McMahon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, after what you've just seen, I would allow us here at the World Wrestling Federation to set the record straight. Steve Austin is a jackass. He keeps risking <laughs> paralysis and we want him to stop doing so. He says what? it so matter-of-factly. He is a jackass. <laughs> this match is going to be a fucking mess. Oh, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. We Literally, this match was coming up and it was like... Headbangers versus Owen and the Bulldog versus Godwins versus Legion of Doom. Fatal four-way tag match. Anyone can tag in, but only two men are in the ring at the same time. And I was like... Oh, and then Kevin turned to him and went, hey, do you want to call this one back? <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst one I've ever gotten you to Yeah, do. you've served me some shit in your time, but and, Jesus. And I'll tell you what, like, you know, save me the edit and you the time. You don't know to, need to go into too much detail Oh, about believe this. me, I will not be Kevin. <laughs> because this was originally meant to be Steve Austin, Dude Love, helping get the tiny division over here. Yeah. But they're not gone. They're not here, so don't worry. Steve Austin will be played tonight by... Headbanger Thrasher and the Incomparable Mankind by <sighs> Headbanger Mosh. So, yay! We get promos from the Headbangers and the Godwins. Godwins, still solid. Yeah. Headbangers, still spinning their wheels. Yeah. Got a plug for one night only. Yeah, that's coming up soon, baby. A British pay per view. Hey, looks like Adam and I will be going back to the UK for one night only, folks. Hopefully, it will not be. A miserable night. I'm trying to think what 1997 UK celebs could we be getting on there? Like Edmonds. Edmonds. Oh, Barrymore, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Dave Benson Phillips. Oh, no, no, he's just got into wrestling these days, yeah. Billy. Like. Chris Evans, write his name in a desk, then get put through it. Like, you know, <laughs> it's the 90s. Uh, LOD cut a promo in inverted commas as well. We've been sapping a bucket, bucket of the brenner. Goblins, burn that brenner. The Legion of Doom, ladies and gentlemen, American Originals, which means they're slightly a bit too old for Vince's taste. American Originals, like, though Vince, them socks are a bit American Original, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they have been around a little bit too long, haven't they? A bit long in the tooth. 
So, Adam, want to take us through this lawless hellscape? Sure. So, it's everyone's favourite. Fatal four-way tag match. Two men in the ring. Anything goes. Why not tag in your opponents? Because it makes no fucking sense. Why not pin your partner like the road dog, Jesse James? What's great about this one is, as well, you can tell it's going to come down to the headbangers and Davey and Owen. So, what that means is that the first half of this match is Legion of Doom and the Godwins, yeah. baby. Yeah, what I wrote down here was, please tag in Owen Hart or one of the wrestlers. No, yeah. <laughs> no, don't think I will. Thank you very much. We, we did get an enjoyable tag in when Animal tries to tag in Bulldog and he just says no, so Animal just punches him in the face. <laughs> that, that counts, that counts tag. as a tag. That's a tag, <laughs> mate. He legit potatoes Bulldog in the face. Uh, Vince McMahon's long time disdain for the tag division, no more so evident than this sentence. The Headbangers, they are exciting. Yes, the Headbangers are exciting and the Godwins are... The Godwins are what they are. <laughs> You're really selling me on the tag division there, big man. It literally, my thought process here is summed up perfectly by my notes saying, for fuck's sake, just tag in Owen. Next note. In fact, tag in Owen and then tag in Davey and let them put on a match for yeah. everybody because that would be Ooh, way that'd better. that would be great. Vince is just absolutely fucking, like he's talking in his sleep almost. He's, mm. just, he's like, Tim White there, senior referee. From the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> In case you forgot. Who Red you ropes. <laughs> white ring mask. For those turnbuckles. Why do we call them that, JR? <laughs> <laughs> how are you keeping? Family well? You it's know? hour seven of the Boogeyman livestream. <laughs> yeah, I know. Vince is there with a guitar. Deer, 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 deer. Lay's potato chips. <laughs> Love me some potato chips. But I would hazard to say I don't have a favourite flavour, quite frankly. <laughs> we do get an amazing press slam at one point from Henry O'Godwin. He does a big old... And I think it's mostly because it's on Owen. Like, yeah. not one of the big lads. Like. Yeah, and it's right after Hawk is like... <laughs> <laughs> like, if he does more than one of those press slams, he loses his payout from Lloyds and Lloyds. Like, it's really bad. The longer this match went, the more I got really, really worried. I had, like, flashbacks to the start where, like, the following contest has a 45-minute time oh, limit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this first ever three-hour pay-per-view. <laughs> well, they got to make the time somewhere. This match is slow, man. Very fucking slow. I will say at one point, this is me looking for ways to entertain myself during this match, I noticed Owen's ring gear. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a little episode of fontsmanship going on here. Ooh. Excuse me. The slammy winner font that is used on Owen's tights is the same font from Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Wow! <laughs> and that, that killed about two minutes. And yeah. then... I did it all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> My brother betrayed me. Enough is enough. It's time for a change. <laughs> I'm not nuggets. <laughs> My vote is that legit just sound like lines from the room. Like, you <laughs> deliver Owen as was O, and that sounds like it would fit in there. Hey, nuggets. <laughs> Owen doing lines from the room. Why don't you just keep your stupid comments in your pocket, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> Cheapy cheap! <laughs> Everybody betrayed me! I'm fed up with this world! <laughs> this knows as well Night Owls walk into his house like you know, <laughs> like you man. <laughs> oh Nightheart, you are so funny. Like I'm just coming to watch you and Martha have sex. <laughs> <laughs> 
sloppy, sloppy action between the slop boys and the LOD. Oh, and they're not as sloppy as the headbangers. These oh. lads are, a f like, honestly, they're like killers. They're like the people you would send to their territory to break the legs of the shooter. <laughs> like, you know, let's, let's send him in and fuck up Jack Briscoe so they can't draw a house in Oklahoma. <laughs> Legion of Doom murder the Godwins with their own bucket and they get DQ'd for their actions because they're fucking morons. Yay. They don't want the tag belts. Very good. Uh, Thrasher eliminates the Hog Boys with a fucking sunset flip. Oh, that, like, how do you make a sunset flip scary? I mean, he managed to find a fucking they, way. They are not professional men, these mm. headbangers. The like. communication was so, so poor here. Mm. And the disdain as well. I've been a big fan of, like, of Henry O'Godwin particularly. I like that big, mean fucking country hoss. And it's obviously you see Henry Godwin cut a promo or do stuff in the ring and that's what Vince McMahon wanted Luke Harper Eric Rowe mm. and every big country hoss he's had since to be and sound and to do yeah. but he's like half the time when the headbangers are punching him he's like no you didn't get me no you yeah. didn't. I got my special confederate white wizard armor <laughs> on no, you, you won't get me some uh, he will not sell for anyone so it comes down to Owen and the Bulldog and the headbangers Davy crotches Thrasher on the top turnbuckle. After missing his cue. Yeah. He's, he's up off. on the top turnbuckle for, for a ages. while. Like, just hanging out. Like. Davy's, like, even, you know, SummerSlam, he had a decent enough show, but he's been ropey, I think. Mm. Like, it's, it's obvious that Davy's, like, and also notable by his absence here tonight, mm. like, and from Raw, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, yeah. like, you know. I actually forgot about him at this point in time because he's just not been around. Yeah, they've not at mentioned all. him. But no. he's not gone, folks. Owen gets a sharpshooter on Mosh, and then Austin comes in with a running stunner. And you want to talk about fucking stolen valor? The headbangers get the win off Austin Stunner to a rapturous audience who are going crazy for Austin, but the headbangers are there like, yeah, babe! They jump into the crowd like they love us! And backstage, Sheridan Stunner's like, now that's stolen valor! <laughs> fucking shit match shit yeah. win for the headbangers I'm like you're yeah, right right I mean the headbangers what a soft fucking serve here for them where it's yeah. like we're gonna get them over they're gonna get the straps they don't deserve them no they're gonna get Austin's pop to carry them over here like, like they got they got to do a thing with Marlon Manson at the MTV Video Music Awards and mm. they got to get a picture or some shit they're not over they're not connected with the crowd yet they're not even connected with Vince and Jim Ross in the office they clearly don't like this act no and they're dangerous. They're like the most haphazard wrestlers. They literally put Ahmed Johnson to shame. They're so haphazard. Like, at least Ahmed Johnson's got the whole he's too powerful for his own good thing. These guys are just bad. Yeah. Real so bad. Why are they the fucking champions? Yeah. Why did we pick that? I'd rather see LOD have a run with the belts than yeah. these guys. Like, what's going on? Yeah, nice big reaction there, Martian Thrasher, huh? Mm. Headbangers use leech. It's super effective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet we we, fo we follow them into the back as they celebrate, and the first thing they do is go to the fucking concession stand. Yeah. Yay! Well, it's a big party. You get a hot dog, and you get a hot yeah, dog. Yeah, it looked like they were hey, yeah. big party. That's it. It looked like they're handing out moon pies. Like I don't know what they were doing. But it's really fucking cool, man. Don't you want to be like the headbangers and go to the fucking concession stand? Well, the fun is not spread out to Oklahoma way because back in the trainer's room, <laughs> Jim Ross is damn sure upset. All sourpuss over here. <laughs> yeah. like, Kiss my 316 ass. <laughs> it's amazing you get this upset before Twitter or like mm. people providing feedback to his commentary was a thing. Like, you know, this is, this is amazing. You can always tap into this. He could go to that place. I love this. JR is just like, I don't come here to get whooped. 
Why? Why is he laying his hands on me? Like, you do this again, I'm out of here. I'll go to another company. Yeah. Like, I just love it. It's real. Yes. It's how it should go down. And he's like, he's not like doing this thing where like, oh, I, I can't. I'm like, oh, fuck you. I'm not going to work. No. Yeah. You just got stunned. No. JR is still the sort of like the sports journalist commentator. He, he conducts the interviews and he's here to like, he's he's more color than play by play at this point, really, because he is talking about like the analysis and the people's backgrounds and their track records. So he's just like proper fucked off where he's like, yeah. why am I getting this treatment? And it's brilliant. He's seen chess matches more interesting than this. <laughs> like. when, when is it that we get the turn and they become best friends? Because I don't remember anything from like... Because by, by the time we got to season one, yeah. they were best friends. I mean, they only actually really address it full on when they have Triple H and Austin feud around yes. SummerSlam, yeah. where they have Triple H break JR's arm and have like Triple H and China get to Austin for the title yeah. via Jim Ross. But JR was like a big cheerleader for him. And I think one of the main things was him coming back to announce Austin's match at WrestleMania 15 and the fact that Austin, mm. he personally requested that. I think that was one of those things that they kind of, they kind of permeated into the fandom a little bit. The people mm. knew that there was a relationship between mm. them. And I think... They did a lot of the sit-down interviews together where yeah. obviously yeah. you could tell from that. I mean, there's a lot of the sit-down interviews happened early in SmackDown and stuff as well. well I it. When Austin's off after he gets run down, you get like the constant talk from JR where it's like, I've been to visit Steve in the hospital. You know, he talks about him like a very yeah. dear friend. But they like, do ham it up for 2001. But then again, you yeah. always have to ham it up when you're opening him up. Legit. We cut back from Sergeant Slaughter and JR talking backstage. We cut back to the commentary desk and King saying, I tell you, Sergeant Slaughter needs to pull his finger out. He's got to come down here and he's got to stop Stone Cold from interfering and Vince just goes well how about the WWF title <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to say to that Jerry <laughs> how about the WWF title how about what about the WWF title not in the main event new champion Bret Hart is defending against the mysterious Red Hoss Patriots the Patriots stunning victory over Bret Hart a little over a month ago has propelled his confidence and his momentum but Del Wilkes cemented his legacy as an all-American hero behind the mask long before his heroics in Pittsburgh. Driving the University of South Carolina to national prominence as an all-American guard, Dell became only the second consensus all-American from that school. The other Heisman Trophy winner, George Rogers. One of the ways of describing Dell Wilkes is that he was all-American at the University of South Carolina. He certainly helped me win the Heisman Trophy. And uh, Dell Wilkes is a type guy that not only was a great football player, but he can had the talent to go out and, and be a wrestler, and uh, he represented all America as being the Patriot. The same quality that Dale had on the football field, he brings into the ring, except this time Dale is the Patriot. He represents all of America. Ironically, it may be his patriotic appreciation which paradoxically fueled both his hatred and respect for the hitman Bret Hart. Certainly he has the right to his opinion and to the way that he feels. And I realized I'm not going to change his mind. I'm not going to change his opinion. But I wasn't going to stand by and let him continue to trash uh, our people and our way of life. And especially when he comes here to make his living. This is a country where he has made his fame and fortune, basically. Not Canada, but the United States. And I felt like somebody needed to take a stand. And, and I realized by doing that, I put a big bullseye on my back. We've faced each other one time. It's 1-0 in my favor, in my column. Uh, I'm sure he won't underestimate me at ground zero. I'm sure he'll be prepared. But I've beat him once, and it gives me the confidence to know that I can do it again. It's been done, it can happen again. 
Hey folks, my name's Dale Wilkes. I'm the Patriot. Uh, are you going to keep this camera on me for, that, for this long? Because I'm getting increasingly nervous and red underneath this mask. My mouth hole's getting smaller and smaller. I can't keep it <laughs> Poor old Dale Wilkes. Oh, he's just not very good. No. <laughs> the story of the Patriot is this. Dale Wilkes, 38 years young. He's had a good career in Japan where he was just one of the gaijin. Then he gets this super Patriot looking gimmick where he's got the mask but it, it goes over well. He's a big superhero. He's got a million dollar look, million dollar body, some skills and ability. He can at least hang in Japan. You yeah. know, Johnny Ace could do that much. And he's got a following. JR says, we need new stars. We're, we're talking now. We're going to be building up new stars, new guys. And we need top tier talent to build new guys. And if you don't take a chance on Dale Wilkes now and try and squeeze that bit of juice out of him, then there won't be another time to do it because probably in a year he'll be done. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, within a month he is done. Within a month. You know, (laughs) Dale Wilkes has got it all, but he's not got enough of any of it. Yeah. You know, he's got a great look. He can do a good promo. He's got fire. He can play to a crowd. Yeah. Great gimmick. I mean, you know, we said every time when we're watching this 97 stuff and we're grimacing at the Patriot and Joe is like, who hasn't seen this stuff, is like, how amazing this presentation. He looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, he's a really, all, he's a toy-edit character. Yeah. I want to a Patriot toy. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'd be like the top star of your local federation in 97. Yes. Like, you go and see him live and you'd be like, oh my God, yeah. he's a fucking superstar. All-American boy, like. But you put him on TV with actual, actual big wrestling stars and it's like, uh, he's okay, I guess. There's still heat from Canada and America, right? I mean, we're not finished with that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he sells that well enough because he's too soft-spoken. Mm. There's no real passion in his promos when he's defending America. He's too... And and it's the whole thing is like, America is, you know, land of the the free. You can say whatever you want. I just don't like it. You want Jim Duggan talking about 9-11 with Willie Nelson, like that kind of level. You want to get cranked up talking about 9-11. If you want the story, you want the crowd to get behind it. If you you don't like it, get out! That's what this... You know, you can't... I know they want it because they want America to come across as... The bigger man. I know, but like, how do you get patriotism wrong? And they do yeah, it. Yeah, they do it. Like, I like the presentation here because, I mean, in the observers, they were like, oh, they sent out people with cameras to Dale Wilkes' home to take, you know, videos of him to do an interview for us to get to know him better. But like, why are we calling him Dale Wilkes? Why are we seeing his face? He's a mass superstar. Mm. But what they do in this presentation is that you see him walking with like the guy who's talking about his football career. You see like the side of his face, the back of his head. Yeah. Like, they obscure his face mm-hmm. and not entirely. It actually is really, really effective. And they just kind of cut to parts of his face where he's talking about patriotism and stuff. And like it's just like it's the time where you don't need to always be honest because their honesty here is like he was in Japan. He's like, well, in Japan, they, re- they re- appreciate patriotism. And patriotism means a different thing in Japan. But as shown them how positive patriotism could be in Japan. They understood that American patriotism is a, is positive. Like, mate, if you have to explain it this yeah, much, honestly, yeah. we don't need to see you in Karukan Hall with a big bunch of flowers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it just needs to him for him to come out and say, 
fuck you, I love America. Yeah. yeah. That's all you need Land for of the free. Yeah. Home of the brave. And he's beaten Bret Hart, and he's beaten Vader, and he's done it both on Raw and big, big clean. matches. Yeah. Clean as a whistle, pretty much. He beat Vader clean, Billy. Jesus like Christ. With the Uncle Slam, no less. Uh, uh, yes. Come the, on now. The Uncle Slam. Yes! Is the greatest pun name <laughs> I have ever heard for a wrestling move. Uncle Slam. Amazing. How many people do you think he conscripts every time he hits that Uncle Slam? Like, immediately, numbers just raise through the roof. Like, loads of Slim Jims just get given out to hungry young men. Like, I love the Uncle Slam, and I do like a lot I see with the Patriot, but he's not got his big boy pants on here tonight. We cut to the ever-professional no-sweat Sonny who can just handle about anything. And honestly, you know, if I'm going to go do an interview and live on pay-per-view my first time, you give me Mean Gene Oakland in the 80s, or you give me Sonny in 97. Yeah. Mm. You know, both of them will get me through it. Exactly. Like. If I fuck up, then I know she'll cover for me at least. She'll do something like... Yeah, lesser extent, uh, Mean Gene in like 98, 99. Like, I'm blowing out your ass, O'Hare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing here with a Patriot right now who's the challenger for the WWF Championship tonight. Now, you already have one win over Bret Hart, but tonight the title's on the line. Bret Hart, I've beat you once, and in my mind... I can do it again. I don't know what kind of plans you've got, what you've got up your sleeve, whether or not you've got the family stashed away somewhere, but I'll assure you this. Anyone sticks their nose in this match, and I'll flatten it. I did it once, and tonight with a title on the line, I've got to do it again. Patriot there with Sonny. He's nervous. He's muffled. He's not really got much to say for himself, and Sonny doesn't seem like particularly to get much out of him. No, he's very sleepy, man long 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 pause between his music hitting and him coming out and when his music hit and there was no reaction for like a full yeah. minute and a half and then he comes out it's like uh, no one cares he doesn't yeah. seem to care he does not look excited to be here like. yeah so he's the patriot aka Sasha Banks over here because now Sasha Banks you could always you can tell just from the physicality of her coming out she's going to lose the match and she feels <laughs> that that is not in anyone's best interest mm. Dale Wilkes who somehow manages to wear a mask and still convey the disappointment of a man who's about to lose yeah. and lose bad. He comes out like fucking Charlie Brown yeah. on Thanksgiving, head down with the fucking American flag. He doesn't even wave the flag. No. Barely even acknowledges the crowd. He's just here to lose. This is what we call I'm losing energy. Backstage, Michael Cole with Bret Hart with honestly one of my all-time favorite bada ping bada boom. Learn for the professionals, kids. Everything I do, I'm doing for the fans. As far as a new WWF champion, don't bet on it. I'm gonna beat this guy. He's an absolute joke. Looks <laughs> like you really feel, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some few this is. Uh, Brad beats up the Patriots. There you go. Two men with similar boots going at it here, folks. Yeah, Patriot's got the black star, Brett's got the white. And that's about as exciting as it gets it. This match is so fucking dull. Mm. I mean, what's going on here? Bret Hart can wrestle a wet paper bag. We've yeah. been, we have been told this. Yeah. And, he's, and, and on this run of the season, Bret Hart's shown us that every pay per view, not, more or not less. a single bad match no. from Bret Hart. No, he brings he, it. He's shown that he can wrestle multiple styles, multiple different ways. I don't know if it's necessarily just the Patriots' fault here. 
Oh, there's something about but fucking... something's gone wrong here. Something's gone really wrong. It feels like kind of that the Patriots moment should have come last month because he had a lot of fire and pomp and circumstance when he debuted, but now it's like all the momentum is gone and now he's getting the big opportunity. Mm. And they're trying hard. They're talking about all the big spots here. Jerry's like, are we going to see the Uncle Slam? Are we going to see the Patriot Missile? Those moves. The Patriot Missile. Patriot missile. Oh, man. And we also missed that he comes out to meddle. Yes, correct. We, yes. we didn't mention that he comes out to medal, which took me by big surprise. Not the only time you will hear it in this season of the podcast. Oh. I'll say no more. Gonna get real lazy this season. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right, Welcome to the Edge of Your Podcast. Brad beats up the Patriots some more. Who gets little hope spots that have little hope of getting any reaction because Brett's like, nope. No. Yeah. The, the one little bit of offense I caught near the start of the match here that Dell does get. Like it's Dale, you know? Is it Dale or is it Dell? It's Dell. I thought it was Dell, like Dell Wilt. I'm Del pretty Boy. sure it's D E L Wilt. Is it Dell Wilt? I think it's Dale. I'm pretty sure it's the way that Vince and JR are pronouncing Del it. Dale Wilt. Dale Wilt. I'm pretty sure it's Dell. But it's like, sadder than Dale to me for some reason. It's it's such a less cool name than the Patriots. Yeah. It's like when you got Jungle Boy. It's like Jungle Boy, Jack John O'Leary. Like, what's calm as fucking yeah. Jungle Boy? Like, come on. Mm. So Dell drops a knee on Brett's arm. He's got he's in that move where Brett's lying down and he's got his arm laid out and he drops the knee on him. Oh, is that the move that Scott all used to do where he would almost do a handstand? It's very impressive. And then people like Jerry Briscoe and him are like, whoa, and do this awful little knee. Yeah, so he does the knee to Brett's elbow. And does he get much vert there, Adam? Has he got a full full articulation? You know, I couldn't tell you much about the move itself because I was so distracted by the fact that when he does it, he goes, Jeep! 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 Oh, what kind of vehicle do you drive, Patriot? Jeep! This WrestleMania, he's going to come out in a star-spangled Jeep! <laughs> I mean, I'd pay to see that shit. Like, yeah. Patriot would have gotten over if he had a missile, like, you know, on the back of that big Jeep. I think the problem we have here, and this happens sometimes when you see like other concert great professional wrestlers, like people like Ric Flair, is like, oh, they can wrestle with anyone. But you always have them with trying to wrestle with someone who's wrestling a completely different style. Because Brett is trying to be technical, slow, wearing you down, body parts. And then you get the Patriot who just does the fire. I'm like, what do you mean by the fire? It's like, well, when Scott Hall comes into the ring, goes, yeah. And when Hulk Hogan goes, or when you have Crush get hit in the corner, he goes, yeah. It basically, it's a hot tag to yourself. Pretty much. What happens. Yeah. And Dale Wilkes gives himself a hot tag, and then he's got rickets and walks around like an orc from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> going. Rick, 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 rick. He looks like a fucking goon. He looks so dumb. And like Brett literally looks like he's mortified to take a comeback punch from this man who's like fucking walking around like it's high noon. He's swinging pistols. <laughs> like so fucking dumb. <sighs> You get the uh, figure four on the post, or should I say a flagger four, because there's, <laughs> there's a flag there. And of course, the Canadian flag, which has been used very, very liberally, the Patriots, has been buried in the, in the Canadian flag, which is like, you know, worse than being shat on, apparently, according to the commentary. Yeah, I know. I don't get why that's such a big deal. Brett, it puts the Patriots' ass. <laughs> And then the British Bulldog came out and I was like, Davey, I love that Davey comes out while Brett is firmly in control. Not a single chance. Zelda's got no hope and Davey's like coming out going, 
Like, he's basically here to be like Rick James during Eddie Murphy's like recording <laughs> session. Thumbs up. Just a thumbs up. Like, I don't need to do shit because this is perfect. You got like. this in the back, mate. <laughs> we got a big Austin chant. Poor old Dell. He's so close to having it here. And like, again, like, there's a bit of the stolen valor because once Bulldog comes out, people start thinking about Austin. They start rallying. And yeah. Dale's like, oh, yeah, I'm feeding off the fans, all the energy of the Patriots. Like, That's not for you, mate. Mate, you can't put diesel in an unleaded engine. And wouldn't you know it's even though we get Uncle Slam, Dell stalls, the, the Bulldog interferes. The near falls do bring drama. I think mean, mm. it's literally the drama of the embarrassment of Brett losing to this caricature yeah. of of patriotism. That like, if anyone ever says, you know, WWF can do one thing well, and that's they know how to do patriotism. Mm. Wow, not always. Not always. They can't all be Lacey Evans guys. Like Lacey. you know, they can't all knock it out of the park. Jeez. And Shades of King of the Ring 1998. It's Vader <laughs> just appearing out of left yeah. field like a jump scare. It is weird. He's kind of like it feels like he's like no clipped in. <laughs> like, like, like he's just there. Davies is there, but he's, the next thing you know, Vader like, doesn't run in. He spawns. Yeah, he spawned in. He spawned in and clocks Davy. Like. And Brett's like, "How's this fair? He spawned right in front of me. Already running. <laughs> Fucking campers. <laughs> Some mod." this has got like <laughs> uh, so yeah he just runs over Brett no DQ up nope. top Patriot Missile kicks out with the Patriot Missile <laughs> like literally it's like wow will we see that move or will we see that other move <laughs> and both of those moves he's kicked out of now so he's not really much yeah. this Patriot no, is he like I was expecting like it to be like Theresa May, like like he's like the stars are falling off his flag. <laughs> oh no, Dale, you lost Missouri. Like <laughs> one cool thing he does, coolest thing that, that the Patriot does, like other than the fire him going, that's fun. But he does an atomic drop into a backdrop. That was cool. Oh yeah. And he goes bang bang Back, one yeah. two combo. That's cool. That was cool. That's about it. A ref bump because of Dale's busy elbows. And another Uncle Slam, and Brett gets the ropes. Both men are down. Kyoto with the count. And then we get the Patriot gets up. He does the little dance. Mm. Yeah. Is this a shuffle or a jig? <laughs> I'd say it's more jig. I'll just say, when the painter does that, my instinct was just to go... (laughs) Or to blow the jug or something. You see, I was thinking more Leland Palmer, like, dance with me! (laughs) (laughs) Where's he Olsen? Where's he Olsen? Where's he Olsen? (laughs) This is not a sharpshooter, but the Patriot just, like, does something like he does a leg submission he puts one leg over the other and he fucking goes for it and it's a fucking horror show and to his credit Bret Hart reverses this somehow into a crystal clear perfect beautiful squatting sharpshooter let me show you how it's done he like to turn one into the other like to turn like the wrong one into the correct one from the ground Bret is too good at that yeah and this will not be the first or the last time Patriot tries this it didn't really get a reaction we got some USA chance in the in the end we get the sharpshooter onto the Patriot 
he is right by the ropes, as in stretch yeah, out your literally arm. Literally right there, dude. Stick your tongue out. I know it might cut on your mask, but you will get the fucking rope. You down. will. It's yeah. so close to you. Oh damn, I bit my damn tongue when I do the shark theater now I can't bit the rope break. <laughs> Pathetic he just and he doesn't even tap out. Yeah. He's no. like, no. Yeah. He just says I give up. I had to rewind it twice. Yeah. To make sure I hadn't missed a tap out. No. And it does it doesn't even look like he's gone to He doesn't Kyo- pass out. He he doesn't pass out and I don't don't see him or hear no him going more. to no, say no, no like, I wanna stop. Do you reckon Kyo just Kyo felt just, bad for him? Yeah. Kyo, <laughs> that's what honestly what it felt like is like Kyo just had enough. Like, <laughs> it was a mercy. Yeah. An audible has been called. Kyoda ha- is ending this one way or another. Are you telling me instead of tapping out, he got punked out? Yeah. Wow, well, uh, the night after this, the Patriot is enduring arena-wide boring chance, and once again having the shuffle of a man about to lose another match. It all went wrong for the Patriot here, but you can't help but feel that this was like, like everyone comes out of this, like Brett thinks that this was done to get at him, yep. Patriot thinks this was done to get at him. You know, even Michaels thinks this is done to get him. Like, no one's happy. Yeah. No one's happy with this. You know, I think all this does is make people look back and kind of go, "Remember the America Canadian feud?" And go, yeah, it's great. Da, da, da. And then they go back and they watch and go, "Oh, who the fuck was this guy? Mm. He wasn't in the Canadian stampede." He's got yeah. Kurt Angle's music. What? I mean, I had never heard of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had never heard of the Patriots. I mean, he's been pretty outspoken in recent years about like you know drugs and shit like that because he was like an avid steroid user and he's like mm. you know. He's claiming that it's still going on, but it's you know he's one of these voices like Mero, where it's like I'm sure you mean well, you've got you've got experience, and you've got lessons to teach us and all that, but you're 23 years out of the wrestling business, yeah. like you know no one's gonna listen and, to you. And now. you were there for five minutes, yeah. yeah. So like no one's gonna take your word on it because you were there for such a little time. Yeah. The biggest flash in the pan of the Attitude Era, or does Brackus take the crown? Because I mean, this guy got a championship match. He, he beat Brett. Yeah, I mean that's it. We'll have to see how they treat Brackus when he comes in. But this guy beat Brett and Vader clean on TV, and he got a WWF title match. So mm. this has got to be the biggest flash in the pan so far. So. Are, are we gonna see Brackus? On, a, on an episode I don't think he'll actually be on will an he not episode. be on pay-per-view I don't think he's on well, pay-per-view this is he, might, bigger, he might appear like... at the Rumble no he doesn't no, he doesn't oh man pretty sure Brawl for All will be the only memory you have of Brackus I think honestly like... the only chance we'll get to see Brackus is on a Raw or if we do one of the ECW shows like yeah. you know you mean so... he's not going to be a one night only I, he might be but I don't he think he was at Mayhem is. in Manchester he was god almighty he was and because the Patriots lost here in humiliating fashion, Brett thinks it's now appropriate time to break the flag over him, choke him out. Brett is pulled off him. Lol. And then uh, another beatdown. Yep, another beatdown. And King says, this is reminiscent of Vietnam. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter's like, yeah, right? I mean, oh, it was like, man, it was like, we were all wearing these full metal jackets and uh, the horror, am I right? Or maybe it's the like Sergeant Slaughter is like Buzz Lightyear, where he actually genuinely thinks he was in the army, like, and you have to really convince him otherwise. How do you reckon we get around in these situations the breaches of the flag code? Oh, you're right because they, mm. because there's very Chris Jericho specific... gets put in jail in Brazil for, for there's such laws flag. Yeah. about what you can and can't do with the American flag. There's a whole set of rules of what can and can't be done. And we do have a flag match coming up next pay-per-view. Yeah. And I, I, I will say the flags 
are being used a lot more as weapons mm. than they ever were, like, even when so, the Un-Americans were around in 03. I definitely think they're breaking the flag code, specifically that the flag can't touch the ground. Is it not covered by, and this is definitely a false equivalence, but, like, obviously it's illegal to smoke indoors, but if it's part of a theatrical act, then it's totally fine. Uh, like, is it not covered by the fact that it's entertainment and I storytelling? That is the only defence I could think of, because mm. otherwise, you're right, this must definitely violate that, like... Backstage, shades of WWA, the inception. Steve Austin, he's a loser. Triple H is a loser. Shawn Michaels, he's a loser. None of them ever beat me. They'll never <laughs> beat me. I'm the best. Patriot, he's a loser. Losers. America's full of losers. That's twice now you've reminded me of the WWA's existence and our hanging promise that we would revisit it one day. Hey, we said three times. Uh... Two, two fruits in suits will come out and right. drag us back that in. That can be your boy's pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got the country of Australia all coming to Adam's side. Like, yeah. you know, we've got fans. UK respects great wrestlers, according to Brett. Another little plug for one night only yes. there. So we got that to look forward to. I am excited for one night only, a show I've never seen before. No. And I'm excited because I have got a lot of folks who have told me previously that they had been to the show. Mm-hmm. And I think something I want to rectify from season one, we've had a lot of really great fans who are on Patreon who've told us about you know, a lot of the great shows they've been to, the UK shows. If you've been to any of these shows ever, always tell us. We always Please. want to know. But we know a bunch of folks who are fans have been to One Night Only. Yes. And I know, all I know is that it's a pretty hard night for Birmingham. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the NEC has seen a lot of tears over the years, yeah. folks. I was at the Cat Fancy show in 11 and it was fucking dark days. <laughs> They're not going to knock the Curry Mile, are they? Oh, they fucking better not, mate. I, I mean, I, I only know a couple of things about One Night Only, Billy, and I will say it's a dark-sided show. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm dreading Billy, it. as we all know, the British Bulldog is all man and a curry mile long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, folks, it's Shawn Michaels, HBK, taking on The Undertaker, first time ever. He has persevered through extreme punishment, both physical and mental. Fire in the eyes! Fire in the eyes! The WWF champion just had that ball of fire hit him right in the face. I'm gonna tell the whole wide world your secret, and that's gonna be it. You wait and see. But despite all the torture, he has remained focused and able to channel his energy forward while controlling his rage. I've always been proud of myself that uh, whether people like me or they didn't like me or they agreed with my views or or not, that I stood up for what I believed in. And for years, you know, I hid behind the death mask because of the torment and the, and the, and the grief that I held inside for what happened. And, you know, I live with that every day and I will live with it for the rest of my existence in this world. But Shawn Michaels has challenged his patience and reshaped his desire for the pure purpose of being irritating, because I know it causes controversy. Controversy causes everything else. First, Michaels sabotaged his title defense. And then to add injury to insult, with malice and without warning, Michaels hammered the phenom in unspeakable fashion. Oh! Oh! Wide open. Oh! Undertaker! 
Undertaker has clearly had enough. When the blood flowed, I took the blood and I signed your death warrant with it. At Ground Zero, you're gonna pay and you're gonna pay the ultimate price. Shawn Michaels, you will rest in peace. And The Undertaker's torment is once again front and center. After a little bit of a lapse, Kane has been teased once again, but in a less direct, more ominous way, Paul Bear has appeared on several shows and just said, Undertaker, you are gonna burn in hell! You will burn in hell! <laughs> so, who's that? You Very know? subtle. And uh, Undertaker, dealing with this, he's got candles. Yeah. And Sims-ass music. Yeah. He's gonna get zen. <laughs> <laughs> Why, he's gonna do that by rearranging all of his furniture yeah. in The Sims? Like, Shawn Michaels in this. With his fucking little interview, and he's got his chewing gum, and he's like, I'm too jacked up! <laughs> what does that even mean, Sean? Mm. Too jacked up? Are you full of fucking goofballs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm too keyed up, might have been the, uh, the better thing to say here. I may be a little bit glassy eyed, McMahon! Uh. Uh, Shawn Michaels, like every other fucker tonight, is a long ass way to come out. We get uh, his entrance music laps him like it's fucking donut playing. Yeah. yeah. So he stands here. Laughs so hard with his fireworks in the ring, not puffing out. <laughs> yeah. The timing. I, I mean, it was kind of like New Year's this year. Lads, got fire- Adam knows because he was there. Bill. Oh, this was so perfect. He got fireworks for the first time ever. Because in Ireland, we're not allowed fireworks. Yeah. yeah. But over here, there's adults. So we are. Like, yeah. And now I'm an adult. Yeah. Because I'm a 31-year-old man. Yeah. We got some fireworks. We've got a firework called Sauce. Yep. <laughs> With the big popper. Yeah. You know, Sparkle Flash. Yeah. All the big names. And we did a countdown on New Year's and we got that little fucking right on the count of zero. Literally. <laughs> literally. It was like three, two, on the I'm not joking. The stroke of midnight. And it the- was Bang on! The only downside is that I didn't get to follow through with my plan of the second of the stroke of midnight and the firework went Oz's theme music effect. <laughs> 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 have some really low end indoor fireworks. I've been to a county New Year fair, but I ain't seen nothing like this. The dynamic between Michaels and Taker is amazing. Michaels is just full on running away, yeah. hiding behind the referee, and Taker is just like next level pissed he's like he wants to kill Shawn Michaels it takes like 10 minutes for this match to officially start yeah it's running around just running around kicking the shit out of each other I mean I was really jazzed for this first encounter but I think the stalling hat and then realising next month is five star Bobby Dazzler in a cell like I'm thinking here well 
if they're not holding back now, they are definitely going to hold back within this match. And they do. They, they're they not giving you everything. No. no. But they're teasing and tantalizing like a motherfucker. And it does work. Like, Hang on a sec here, lads, because I know that if I don't bring this up now, someone's going to get on my case about it. Uh-oh. We need a little bit of speculative jit. Oh, like, we got a little speculative... Just a little bit of spec. I mean, because we can't really speculate at this point. Just a drop of jit is the, all it is. There are just, gaps just in the book. There are big holes in the story, and maybe we can go back and fill in those holes one day. Look, for the Adam, time being... Give Give us a little jitter of jig down. Just sure a, li- a, little, a little drop of the speculative oh, jig. Just, just a little bit of jig. Just a little bit of jig. Just a little bit of jig. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing around this time now, because obviously Paul Grimm has been keeping Kane in bed with Kevin. Every time I say Paul Grimm, you just, it all comes flooding back for you, doesn't it? How absurd this is. So I can only assume at this point in time, obviously Paul Grimm has been keeping Kane in bed sick with the chemicals because he didn't need two Callaways at full strength. Mm, he only yeah. needed the one. But then Undertaker turned on him again, so it's fucking... Fuck it, whatever. He's he's weaning Kane off the chemicals again. And I have to assume that he's making him brush up on his Krav Maga skills to yeah, get him ready for coming yeah. into the Federation soon. Like Getting the final touches put on the master and Negra Muerte. And probably, you know, giving him like a nice Coca-Cola and telling him that there's chemicals in it. I reread a couple of chapters this morning and there's literally a bit where he's like, have this Coke, it's got chemicals in it. And it's like, what's he, do- is it a secret or not? I, I'm so confused still. <laughs> it's got chemicals. In it, I just man. so the listeners know I have got it with me here. Yeah. Like, I do literally take it. What do you mean here? You walk around with it like everywhere. fucking Flanders with a Bible in his pocket. It's close to your heart. This thing's gonna, gonna take start, a bullet for him. Like. You're gonna start knocking on people's doors and asking them <laughs> if they've heard the good word of Jid. Have you heard the Jid words? <laughs> Shawn Michaels is all like, nope. And Sergeant Sauter is like, <laughs> so he has to go in and wrestle. Kyoto takes fucking soup bones. He gets tossed over the top rope. Yeah. They're making out, like, I don't know if it's anything to do with, like, the latitude of the refs from earlier, but, like, the refs are, like, cannon fodder in this yeah. one. Yes. Wouldn't be getting this if they had some longitude. No. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a latitude thing, like. You know, this is nooks, not crannies, yeah, is where we're at at the moment. Michaels tries to use the door on the in your house set, like. Yes! So fucking funny, like. Love that. You said I could come in your house, like I was always shocked when I go to the camera and be like, "Let me in!" Like you know, is there anything scarier than Shawn Michaels on his knees banging at your door? Yeah, I don't want Shawn Michaels to get the golden ticket from Last Action Hero and come in like, <laughs> "All right, now I can fuck up your world." I mean, he could he could he could have just genetted himself through the window. <laughs> oh, got, I knew he was going to do that. He's got previous. <laughs> I was saying to them there, like, lads, you've had your fun can we have the match now and let's yeah and, come on you know wrestling the table cranny is only that much fun you know let's get to it no official undertaker is still pinning so school sean demands a dq from the new referee earl hebner because the undertaker is wrestling him too hard yeah <laughs> and then sean like like this is great this is sean really like flair this match i think mm. you know him where he's completely outmatched totally outnumbered outgunned and then, like, the bell rings, boom, chop block, starts kicking at the legs, yeah. kicking at the knees, you know. At least you have immediate chemistry, like, when you have Taker mostly dominating, but then you have Michaels 
not gaining an advantage, but just kind of slipping through his fingers, you know? Like, he's annoying. It's like when you're attacking someone in a game over and over again, you get miss and miss and miss. Yeah, and you know you can beat them so easily because they're only a weak little thing, but they just keep fucking getting away, like... I love... And you know, it's the same thing they use in, like, WrestleMania 25, but instead it's more like Sean's, like, a godly figure there who's, like, Mm. got God on his side in here. It's just like, this asshole is jacked up and he's wrestling really, really well. Sean's bum comes out, and then another referee bump, mm. and fucking hell, it's Rick Rude, and a steel chair, and brass knucks. Undertaker doesn't need brass knucks, mate, yeah? His hands are knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he says they're soup bones, they're just like literally big bones at the end of his hand. It's fucking horrible, like. And now here's Triple H, and China. And one thing I hate about Night 87 Undertaker is that he's a lot more quiet. He's so quiet, Kevin. I get that you're holding back, but you can give me a little bit of noise. Just some bloops and bleeps yeah. at least. Come on. Did anyone catch the first ever sighting here? In, in terms of, of, of timeline, we've got the first dot now for this very important Attitude Era thing that happened in this match, Billy. Did you pick up on it? I did not. Oh. Triple H does a crotch chop to ah. a fan. Like, and it's like literally like a very real interaction as well. Like, the fan's like, you're Triple H. He's like, yeah, suck my dick. Well, no, the fan's like, you're Triple H. You're a redacted. You fucking redacted. Like, oh. he, he says regrettable, homophobic things. Oh, like. yeah. I, I just realized this here. I flipped a page here and realized this is the pay-per-view with the people screaming. Mm-hmm. They're like... Oh my god, folks. I mean, if you're remotely sensitive to it or otherwise, but fucking hell, they're saying the F word, they're saying queer, which, as it stands now, there's some people who take offense to the word queer being used, some people are fine with the word queer being used, but, you know, 1997, this is a word that was being used hatefully. Oh yeah. And it's because Triple H is there, and Shawn Michaels is there, and China's there, and Rick Rude is there, and that's the gayest thing ever, apparently. Yeah, it's so gay, man. They just can't. They are, there's like one guy who's screaming. Like, he's, he's like, ah, over and I over. Hate them. Like, he's like, fucking, like, cannot stop. He doesn't know what to do with himself. Mm. He's so full of hatred. Like. And it's so funny that, like, there's a big part of me that does like the fact that the crotch chop originates not as, like, a juvenile, like, haha, look at this lady. It's literally. It's like a fuck you. Two guys yeah. who are riling people up by fucking hugging and they are. They, Just I, being friends, yeah. showing that they're friends. And it, it riles them up. And Triple H kind of going, haha, yeah, yeah, we're gay and I'm going to tell you to suck my dick. How about that? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. But I just like that its genesis is rile up homophobic fans. Yeah. Because that's what it's here for. Triple H's not doing this to get a pop. He's doing it to tell this guy to To fuck off. And make him seem insecure and feel weird about himself, which he does. And then screams the F word even louder. Sweet chin music. Kick out. No choke, Sam. Head into the corner. Undertaker gets the knuckles. Triple H and China interfere. Sean kicks out of the brass knuckles shot. Earl gets choked Sam. Tim White just comes in and unwisely, uncharacteristically so, gets mad cow disease. No, he causes disqualification <laughs> for both men. And then we get kind of like a choke slump as Triple H and HBK kind of fall over the top rope. This gets messy now. The match is thrown out and there's no clear like, these guys are going to get the heat or whatever. You've got like Undertaker running out of the ring. Then they come in, they switch in music room. Then they catch him in the, in the Andre spot. Then China comes in, and then, like, it's like, okay, they're going to beat up all the 
ring officials as well. Like Jerry gets a little, Jerry Briscoe gets a little kick, and Tony yeah. Bamarina gets a little kick. And the Triple H gets tombstoned. Then yep. it's like who's like, this is a fucking mess. Then but, Billy Gunn comes out, yeah. <laughs> and two Cole Scorpio and fucking Los Bariquas. Too little p- attention is drawn to things like Triple H getting a, a tombstone. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, just just, it's just happening at the side. They need to. I don't know. It's just too many people. The you know, Dunn clearly doesn't know what to do. I yeah, mean, I would have preferred it if it was the case that they beat down Taker severely and then they celebrated and Taker set up and then he gave one of them the tombstone. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, do the old Austin thing where it's like you get the heat, but I'm getting it right back. Yeah. yeah. But this is like you get the heat, then I get it, then you get it, then I get it, then none of us get it. And then there's yeah. no heat, like. Yeah, and this was all basically bringing everyone out to do the big pull apart brawl. Which ends with Taker doing the big dive over, which I feel we ended a pay per view doing that very, very recently. That, that's not how you end a pay per view. That's, that's how you end your go home show. Yeah, yes, that's absolutely. not how you end a pay per view. No. Well, this is ridiculous now because this in your house show, three hours it was. Yep. Absolutely unequivocally an hour too long. Absolutely. Yeah. And you didn't, you know what? You didn't even need this. You could have said this was a contract signing. Shawn Michaels and the yes. Undertaker. Michaels brings out the entourage. You have to have the big pull apart with all the yep. guys coming out to keep him safe. And you have Slaughter saying, I'm not risking this match. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why it's going to be hell in the cell. You build up the next pay-per-view. Instead, we got a match that was delayed for 10 minutes. Like, this is the worst Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match by yeah. far. Mm. And I mean, that's not... I mean, that is saying something because they're all usually amazing. This one, I really wasn't feeling even from a let's just set it up and get you intrigued mm-hmm. if you'd never seen these two locked up before it, the chemistry is intriguing enough in its own right but I think this was a failure as a main event mm. agreed and like certainly Brett I think had a more fitting kind of showing almost you, know, his you, match- could, you couldn't have had that as the main event though no. I don't know I think that Brett and Patriot if they had been in the main event maybe they would have put a bit more sauce or on that match maybe give it a stipulation something. yeah that, something. if they had a stipulation there you want to give Dale Wilkes the responsibility of climbing a fucking ladder as well like? well no not even necessarily that just as anything flag match yeah <laughs> what if they had a flag match oh, oh god, god. No. Jesus fuck that so yeah in your house I think I can say overall a really entertaining show show that was a really entertaining two-hour show trapped in the needlessly yeah. three-hour body yep. of an in-your-house show which again if the in-your-house shows they're going to main thing is they're going to do is end with you setting up for another show yeah. like this feel like i feel like i'm like being told like, you didn't need to watch this type of a pretty thing. much but i will say match of the night mvp we need to get into here now because at the start of this i was looking going well it's obviously gonna be michaels and taker yeah uh, i don't know about you guys it's me it's straight max mini yeah yeah 100 unbelievably so yeah stole that show without yeah. a doubt best fucking thing on the card and it's one of the things i love most about wrestling you've got a show here that's got somebody's jacked up in Shawn michaels by their own admission somebody's very upset and this contract's being restructured in bret hart Someone with a very fucked up neck injury in Steve Austin. Loads of guys with really bad problems like Pillman and Bulldog and Neidhart and so on and so forth. You've got like injuries out the wazoo. You've got this major injury with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And don't forget about Putski. <laughs> yeah. Like, the future of the company. You've got, <laughs> you've got Patriot. You've got a main eventer who's in way over his head. Your mm-hmm. next guys, Ahmed and Ken, both injured. And in this landscape of pure chaos, where we clearly don't know what's going on, something that no one's ever talked about or heard about is there, and it's brilliant, and it's excellent, and it's presented really well, and like, 
it's always worth bearing in mind wrestling's infinite capacity to surprise you at any point in its yes. time. Not just in your recent times where they pull out a nice rabbit out of the hat and give you a good match. It's like times like this where it's like yeah. these time periods where you just paint with a brush and say they're shit or they're, they're this, that, and the other. 97's got minis and they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's of all things for it to be to surprise us. You, everyone knows our fucking stance and our feelings on things. I think I speak for all three of us when I say this is the kind of thing we saw advertised on the card. It's like, right, I'll get the fucking red teacher's pen out because yeah. I'm ready to fucking complain and roll my eyes about this. And it was so great and so well handled and respectfully done by WWF's fucking Attitude Era standards. I was blown yeah. away by how they treated it. It's nice to get all this kind of like praise for WWE out of the way because I feel that when it comes to bad blood, there's a lot of bad shit to talk yeah. about. Mm. And there's... After Bad Blood, there's going to be even more bad shit because we're on the road mm. to Survivor Series, Ooh, folks. Yeah. There's lots of... The, the end yeah. is in sight for the season. The really. end is in sight. And it's going to get fucking weird. Like, it's so weird to think how dark this company's going to get. We're talking death. We're talking inappropriateness on a mass scale of, like, family privacy invasion, I think. Mm. We're talking unprecedented personal issues. Mm. And also unprecedented eyes. It's it, it's so weird to think this maelstrom is coming yeah. up and you've got all this like gold that's coming off the other end of it. Mm. How the fuck is this actually going to work? I yeah. really am intrigued. I kind of can't look away. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best way of saying What did you guys think of Grand Zero? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud or on Stitcher leave us an old rating or review you can of course as well leave us a review on Facebook as well and the best thing to do is to let your friends or pals know through word of mouth or if there's someone asking on Twitter hey what podcast should I listen to send them our way that Facebook page Kevin mentioned is facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era podcast where you can find our whole catalogued library of video content. Little video clips based on old episodes, classic moments, and new episodes and clips from our Patreon content. Here's some special moments from Smackdown Crawl. And you'll also find on there special little previews of our video episode series that is exclusive to Patreon, Gamesmanship, where you can see me, Kevin, and Billy sit down and play some weird wrestling software. And if you want to support the Attitude Era podcast, you can first by wearing yourself a jazzy t-shirt from teespring.com forward slash AE podcast a variety of styles and designs shipping worldwide if you got yourself an AE podcast t-shirt make sure you snap it at your local wrestling show and send it into the socials we're always happy to see people representing the gay community out and about and of course as Adam mentioned the main place to support us and most importantly get access to a whole lot of content for yourself it's patreon.com forward slash a podcast where there are hundreds of hours of Smackdown Crawl, book reports, one-off bonus episodes, video episodes, Q&As, commentary tracks no longer available on selfie.com slash a podcast but now available in their entirety over at the Patreon page. If you want to tip your toe into the water there is a free video episode on YouTube couple of free bibliotechs and a free episode of the Smackdown Crawl all available on the main feed here check them out you like them get access to all of that for as little as five dollars a month and if you're a fan of stuff and all things head on over to matthewsbotchamania.com crash bang wallop 
water stuffing thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, just crash bang wallop. Crash yeah, just bang crash wallop. bang wallop. For the last five minutes, I thought, what am I going to say at the end here? And you've got a book over there called The Art of Fermentation. Yeah. And I was just going to say stuff, stuff things, The Art of Fermentation. Because <laughs> I was just saying, just say what you see, Billy. Say what you say see. Say what you see. <laughs> and never let Roy Walker down. I'm just it? saying, guys, The Art of Fermentation. It's a life podcast. It's a pickle podcast. <laughs> For sake. It's how you make hot sauce coming to you live from the studio fermentation station <laughs> in Salford, Greater Manchester. Oh. Until next time, where Adam and I are going to find ourselves in the United Kingdom for allegedly one night only. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era podcast. <laughs>